0: Oh, I'm gonna start popping this up here. Yeah, let's get it. I love this <laughs> this alcohol, man. Tastes so smooth. And I didn't realize it was 45 percent alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I fuck with it, dog. You ever uh you ever tried Monkey Shoulder? Uh-uh. So it is. It, That's whiskey, also. It's a scotch, um, and it's a blended scotch. So it's like three different um three different scots or three different whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's. 50% alcohol, but it's smooth as hell. Like, you can't tell. Man, if you drink two cups of that shit, <laughs> over with, man. There you go. Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember when I first got my promotion, this was the, uh, I was like, man, let me try something different. And I, and I went to the liquor store, and they had advertising this, and I was like, all right, let me go ahead and get a bottle of
1: this. Yeah, this should be hitting, it's strong too.
0: Yeah, man. Um,
1: I ain't gonna lie, I've been drinking Hennessy like the last two weeks, dog, but I'm off that Hennessy like that, bro. Yeah. Hennessy got down. Dog, we overhyped Hennessy like a motherfucker. We did.
0: We did. I, yeah. I haven't drunk Hennessy probably, I'd say, better part of three to four years. Um, And then I kind of drunk Doucet a little bit after that, but then even Doucet... I've gotten really I'm big on the whiskey game now, man. Scotch, bourbon, you know, whatever.
1: Bro, these cups fire as fuck, bro. Oh, appreciate it, man. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, I, I love collecting cups, man. Nigga, like, that shit's so fire. I was looking in the cup, I was like,
0: nigga, is that a figurine Now, Yeah, man? dog. It's um so I had a platform that you could put it on and it had like an LED on there.
1: And uh-huh. It was purple.
0: So when you look at it from the side, the crown is purple inside. Yeah. So oh, hard. that's fire. I dog. can't find it though, man. So one, I, I like
1: those them. little crown uh the little the little king throne chairs too. Yeah. You be seeing those shits? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I love them shits, dog. Yeah,
0: that's a crown glass too. It's not as cool as that one, but I like both yeah. of them, man.
1: This shit fire, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, man. But yeah, bro, we overhyped Hennessy, dog. I um I'm I'm tired of Hennessy, bro. Yeah. I've been drinking it though. I drank it last night and I drank it the night before that. But <laughs> I mean, they
0: get the job done. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It, it's it's overpriced, it's overpriced now price. too though. It's overpriced yeah. for what it is, man. They
1: charging like thirty nine ninety nine oh, for for, sure. for, a, for a bottle now.
0: For sure. That mm-hmm. Ciroc. Ciroc, I in my opinion, I'm I like Ciroc on occasion, like parties and Weddings and stuff like that, but it probably wouldn't be nothing. I would just buy on the record. Bro,
1: when Ciroc first came out, I was a hype beast. I was yeah. buying it for the name. Oh, but for sure. Yeah. That shit was garbage, bro. I used to tell people all the time, "What was that other liquor called?" Um, Ivanovich.
0: Yeah. Oh my
1: bro, god. That shit better than Ciroc to me.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, we used to buy it all the time. Like, yeah. All the different. It's better than Ciroc.
1: Ciroc is just. It is what it is. It's flavored vodka. That
0: was that was the college drink, Ivanovich. Yeah. I, was, I haven't <laughs> drunk that shit since I left college station. The bro. peach.
1: Everybody was killing the peach flavor, dog. But yeah, I'll take that over to Ciroc dog because it's all just flavored vodka. Yeah, that's and all I'll, it is, bro. To be
0: like, I feel like the order that I've gotten, I I learned to appreciate the taste of alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like back then, we would drink and mix our drinks all the time, right? So we any brown that we had, we throwing Coke in there or whatever. Yeah, um, you know the flavored drinks you get cranberry juice or the simply lemonade and stuff like that. Now I've gotten to the pay, to, uh, the Point where I can appreciate the taste of liquor. So that's why I've really become a whiskey guy because I like the way the whiskey yeah. tastes, especially like the real smooth blended ones. And I don't, mix, I don't mix my liquor anymore. I drink it straight like this. Like whenever I drink liquor, I always just buy the bottle and then I drink it straight like this. Yeah,
1: that's that grown man drink. It's like you grow up watching like your favorite movies and the grown man get off work and he pops the top and exactly. pours his glass and he's walking around with his little pinky out.
2: Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's kinda of like the same thing with smoking cigars, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's 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 very stylistic uh-huh. versus you know, you just drink it just to get drunk and it's just bottomless bottomless pit of just, just throwing back whatever is in the yeah. glass. You don't really care how it tastes as long as it gets you fucked up.
1: That's why I got off a of cause like when it comes exactly. to beer, bro, I'm just like And if I I'm drink not...
0: beer, I have to have Stella, um, Stella Artois. Um I like Blue Moon. I like um mm-hmm. uh, Blue Moon's getting top. real popular. Yeah, Blue they garnish
1: Moon. it with the oranges. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Blue Moon and Shock Top both with the um with the orange. Uh, mm-hmm. Stella, I I tend to like that with lemon.
1: I'm a uh, Corona. Yes, and Corona and I, I would drinker. never get rid of Corona. Yeah, I like Mexican beer. Yeah, yeah, and I've been drinking a lot of tequila too. You know, I what? love tequila. I need a tequila sponsorship. <laughs> For tequila,
0: real. I've actually grown to appreciate that the older I've, I've gotten to. Cause I ain't used to like when, like when we used to drink it back in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Then the only time I could even tolerate it is taking shots of it. And now I can kind of I can tolerate it a lot
1: more. That tequila's like, strong though. It's strong, yeah. You man. know, all the old heads say that's the devil's piss water. Oh
0: my god, man! <laughs> boy, you have some rough nights on that tequila, yeah. man. Hey,
1: bro, stay up to the mic. But yeah, that's the devil's piss water, though, bro. Yeah. But
0: yeah, man, let's get started, man. What's, what's yeah? My first. Man? I love
1: I love doing a um a little intro. Oh okay. yeah, but um another episode a sit down with Slims, and I got a special guest in here. Um, I'm doing the intro. Stupid late, but <laughs> better now than never. Stan, stand the man.
0: Yes, sir. Stand the man. What's going on, people?
1: Stan, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a second. I was just telling him I'm really excited to do it. Um, probably one of the best brothers I know. That's why I decided to pick this topic to do it to uh have a podcast with him.
0: I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Slim is a good dude. I remember when I first met Slim, probably back in like 2012. I was like, man, he's like real cool, you know, especially one of the coolest guys I met in Augusta and one of the, you know, the realest guys cuz he's going to tell you like it is. He, you know, You ain't never got to worry about him saying one thing around you and saying something completely different around other people. I've always appreciated that about Slim. I
1: appreciate that, dog. Um, There's probably some people that would uh, say otherwise.
0: (laughs) But, you know, that's how people are, man. Everybody has their own perspective. Yeah, I was telling my homeboy the
1: other day, I was like, dog, I I ain't never really cared about being liked. That ain't never been my thing. Like, I wasn't one of them people that, like, you know, of course, you know your parents uh, are uh, military too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know when you move around, like you're the kid that always focus on like, man, I gotta meet friends. I gotta meet friends. Exactly. But I never had that chance to feel like that. Every time I move somewhere, I literally would go to school. I wouldn't say nothing to nobody for like the first four periods. Yeah. And then I'll go to lunch and I start playing ball, and they're like, "Oh, this nigga the best the best ball player we got in the school." Yeah. And they all just start running towards me. So I never had the chance to like just kick back and be like, "Damn, it's gonna be weird meeting new friends."
0: Yeah, that makes sense, man. Um, I, I mean, like you said, military family. I moved around a lot. Not to mention moving to Augusta. I moved to Augusta my twelfth grade year, so it was yeah. really rough. Especially because I didn't go to no military school. I went to a public school. I went to Richmond, so yeah, you know, so it was really, really hard to make friends then. But
1: but know, see, it, Richmond got a lot of military people does, at that school. It though. does,
0: and that's how I ended up starting getting cool with people because I would hang out with people that was on the military base. Bro,
1: my transition was real rough, dog. I um. Um, I think I stayed in Germany from the time I was like seven to like twelve. I think we moved to Georgia on my thirteenth birthday. Okay. And um, we moved there. My mom was like, yeah, we're about to get this awesome ass house. I was like, oh okay, you know, I'm thinking we are about to get like a little cute house off tobacco road because we stayed in like a cute house when we stayed in Georgia before. We stayed okay. in Augusta before Germany. Okay. And um, we finally moved and uh, we get there, bro. I felt like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Ah bro, we went into the neighborhood. She was like, Yeah, we about to get this five-bedroom house. I'm looking at the signs, it's like homes between two hundred and three hundred thousand. and 300,000. Nice. I was like, Oh, we rich. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially in Augusta. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, like, we rich. Quickly, I found out we weren't. But <laughs> 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 but bro, I, I go to school. I will never forget, dog. I go to school. I walk into the cafeteria because I guess everybody, you know, all the kids got to stay in the cafeteria. I'm in middle school. I'm in eighth grade. Okay. All the kids gotta stay in the cafeteria before the bell rings. I walk in, bro. I see nothing but white faces. Mm. Like it felt like a movie. Like I ain't seen no black people. Damn. Straight white faces. This is my first time being around this many white people in my life, bro. <laughs> and I'll never forget, dog, this white girl stands up and goes, Damn, he fine as fuck. Oh, snap. <laughs> a white girl. I'm like, What the fuck is going on here? Like they was acting like they ain't never seen no black person. Yeah. Of course, throughout the day, you know, I seen a couple black people. Right. But it's mostly white, bro. That shit was like a culture shock for me. But I was just talking about it last night. Like I'm glad that happened because um it opened my mind up to like a whole nother world. Like, and now for I sure. feel like I'm just I'm just well-rounded, just so yeah. diverse.
0: I mean, it's it's healthy to be able to move around and meet different types of people, meet people from different backgrounds. Uh, I mean, meet people from the north, from the west, from uh-huh. the east, from the south, you know, Midwest, it, it you you kind of Especially if you become friends with those type of people, then you kind of take on some of their characteristics, and it kind of molds you into being more well-rounded as a person. Versus you just grow up with the same people from birth, or you know, from child, like super young childhood.
1: Where's your parents from?
0: My parents are from Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Okay, that's okay, actually okay. where they live at now, and my oh, older yeah. sister lives 36 there. Thirty-six mafia. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where like all of my family lives at. Um, my mom, my dad, my older brother, and my older sister were all born there. They didn't move until I, moved, uh, until I was born. So I was mm-hmm. actually born in Colorado. And then um, probably like after a year of being in Colorado, um, we moved to Alaska. That's where my younger sister was born. And then we moved to Georgia, and that's where my younger brother was born. And he's the, la- he's the youngest. Augusta? Uh, no, it was in Hinesville.
1: Hinesville? Yep. Oh, damn, Fort Stewart. Fort Stewart, yep. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's um, restored. it's wild out there, dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Dama wild ass from. Yeah. <laughs> For Stewart.
0: I haven't been back since a kid, but I mean, yeah, I, I know enough now as a grown-up, like a lot of people who's from there or live there, that tell mm-hmm. me how wild it is, so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little small. It's a little small city, too. Like one of them cities that's like not too small, but not too big. Yeah. Like it's like a little bit smaller than Augusta, Georgia. Okay. One of them type cities.
0: Now, I would always hear people say that Augusta is the second biggest city in Georgia. Is that, is that true? I think or it's, it's the, the most, third. Or the second most populated. Yeah. Okay. Populated. That um, makes sense.
1: I think it's between, of course, Atlanta being number one. Right. I think it's between Augusta and Savannah.
0: Ah yes, there's a lot of people in Savannah. Savannah's a
1: beautiful city too. I love Savannah, dog. I like to just go there and just hang out for a weekend. Like it's one of them tight spots for me, dog. Yeah, it's crazy because like when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate things like that. Like I only went to Savannah for Orange Crush, or mm-hmm. goddamn what else they got in Savannah? It's something else. Oh, yeah, Saint St. Patty's. St. Patrick, yeah, yeah, shit like that. I Just trying to go out, to out there and that. wild out to St. Patty's. Yeah, I never went. Man, St. Patty's is wild, bro. I'll show I you heard. some videos.
2: Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you I some videos when we get done. Yeah,
1: I got some funny videos, dog. People be acting like it's Mardi Gras, yeah. but dog, you know what tripped me out is like times like that, how. Um, I used to like love stuff like that, and now you know we're approaching thirty, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd rather just kick it at the crib and smoke me a stogie and read this book I've been wanting to catch up on. (laughs) That is, we getting old,
0: bro. Yeah, man, and you know, I'm I'm okay with it, man. I turned thirty. What three weeks and a day from today? Yeah. So you know, how you feeling though? I'm embracing. That's that, what I want to talk to you about. I want yeah. to talk to you about uh, let's, let's the difference
1: it. between the 20s and what you expect for the 30s. Boy.
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> Just speak on your 20s. All right,
0: 20s, man. Oh my god. All right. I moved out of the house when I right before I turned 19. Uh-huh. I like fresh in um, College Station, drinking underage. You know, wilding <laughs> out. You know. Partying all night, missing class. Yeah. You know, the whole nine, man. This uh, college years. Yeah, college years. This is like in between relationships. So I was kind of hoeing out a little bit, you know, having, <laughs> a good, having a good time, you know,
1: enjoying life.
0: And, you know, sometimes having, you know, random people, you know, random females over every once in a while. You know i i even went some days where i had more than one over in a day i would have one gone two hours later another one coming through uh-huh. you know you know like i said the young college you know young 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 man stuff really you know yeah. what I'm saying? and really not even young men because i mean the women were doing it too like that was just we was just young and free like we were free We was out the house we just we felt like nothing can happen to us we, you know felt invincible you know, a lot of stuff we did was stupid too, but I did a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah, man. the funny
1: thing about those days is like we felt like we was just so grown and had so much responsibilities, and for like sure. now looking back on it, oh it's like, God. boy, you you ain't have shit.
0: And what what college station rent was back then? Three four hundred dollars. Yeah, like, for a room. I know living? somebody like, that man, stayed look. there
1: now, and 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 I think the rent now is like four hundred dollars. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy bro. to think
0: about, man. Bro, when
1: I was in college, when I went to Georgia Southern. My rent was, when I first got there, it was $399. Mm. It was $399. They renovated all the buildings except for the building I was in and the building next to it. And they came they came to our apartment, and they gave us, like, this contract saying, like, hey, if y'all renew for another year, we're not going to renovate these buildings. That's but if y'all renew for another year, uh, we'll give y'all a flat rate of $299 a month. Oh. Bro, my rent was $299 a month That's in college. That's crazy, bro. $299. So, literally, the only <laughs> bills I had was a 299 apartment that my mom was uh, helping me pay on. Mm. And I had a car note that was like $139. You know, I had that little red in. My car note was like $139. Mm. My insurance was in my mother's name. So my insurance probably was like 100 bucks full coverage. Cause you know, of course my mom's a little older with good credit. (laughs) So to me that was, you know, I'm responsible. I'm yeah, paying bills. Yeah. Now looking back, I'm like, bro, please take me back to that time.
0: It, sometimes I think about that. If we made as much money as we making now back then, uh huh. How like, I don't even know if I would want that because I was irresponsible with money then with whatever I had because I was working. I, I had a main job. I was working at the commissary, doing bagging groceries. Uh huh. So, and then of course you know like getting like the monthly amount uh because my dad was in the military so i was going to school off the gi bill oh yeah so you get i used to be jealous of y'all like, hey, that had hey, gi bills because oh my, my gosh, mom man. my
1: mom was pre uh uh 9 11. Oh, you okay. had to be uh post 9 for yeah, the gi exactly bill. Yeah. yeah that shit sucks so she had her schooling for free but she couldn't give it. she uh, she couldn't give it to me because she was pre nine eleven.
0: got you got you yeah all of me my older sister and my mom uh, all went to school, and they they basically give you a monthly stipend. Uh huh. And um, I mean, I already had my, I had paid out of pocket for school. I was going to Augusta Tech, and because of the fact that I was working a full time job and um doing bagging groceries, then I already had enough money to pay tuition out of pocket. So all that money was just profit, basically, and I blew it. Buying bottles three, four <laughs> times a week. You feel good, <laughs> Going though. to the club, you know, just doing stupid stuff, man. Like, eating out like crazy.
1: How and old were you at this time?
0: This was still at the same time, 19, 19 20. And then it just got worse as time went on. Like, the more money I was making then, I'm like, yeah, I'll make a little bit more money, I'll be able to do this. Nope. Just more stupid shit. <laughs> buying more bottles. Oh, now I'm buying bottles on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's not even go to class tomorrow. Let's just go buy a bottle and drink, play 2K, and smoke blacks. Yeah, and and invite shit some like people that. over man. and just wild out. Oh my God, man, college station. It was it was definitely an experience, and I met a lot of cool people there. Uh-huh. But boy, man, we did some stupid shit. But I mean, you're supposed to do that in your 20s, man. Yeah. Honestly, I don't I I don't regret any of it because they're all life lessons. They're all you got to do that stupid stuff and see how it can negatively affect you so you know how to move accordingly going forward. So now going into my 30s, I'm a lot wiser when it comes to managing money, when it comes to not just drinking and get drunk and just be passed out and not functional the next day. You know what I'm saying? Different stuff like that. Yeah. So all of that stuff I can appreciate. The same thing with dealing with women. So back then, you know- you don't really, you don't care about people's feelings or how your actions could affect someone. But back then, like I said, I didn't really care. I was just young. I'm like, hey, I'm having a good time. I'm working. I'm going to school. So I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, quote unquote, you know. And um,
1: not even thinking about the other things you could be doing. No,
0: yeah, exactly. It's like you don't have to p- treat people like shit just because you feel like you got it together. Mm-hmm. But. You know, when you feel untouchable, then that's just how you are. You know what I'm saying,
1: bro. So what about the mid twenties?
0: So mid twenties, this is so this is now getting into kind of relationships there. So now I'm like, okay, I'm seeing people start to transition into having kids, getting married. So I'm like, I ain't gonna lie, I spent a lot of my younger days feeling like I had to do what I seen other people doing. Mm-hmm. So seeing other people getting married and having kids and stuff, I felt like I was behind.
1: So keeping up with the Joneses to say.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, I should now settle down. I should now try to pursue a serious relationship. I should now try to get married. Didn't have shit together, but I'm still trying to get married. And, you know, saying here I am now, back single again, which again, life lesson. I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad that things didn't work out. And we can get into that too. Um I'm glad things didn't work out because it gave me a lot of time to self-reflect and self-diagnose. And now I know what to do going forward. So I'm making a lot better decisions about my life now. You know what I'm saying? Like even with, let's let's talk about weight for a second. Uh, weight, eating habits, all that stuff, or just toxic behavior in general. I gained a lot of weight in my 20s. And now I'm kind of like trying to undo all of that damage that I did in the 20s. Because I wasn't thinking about it. You're not conscious of it, and you don't really see the negative effects of eating all this fast food, drinking six to seven times a week, and you're drinking, like, heavy. You know what I'm
1: saying? Oh, trust me. I know, bro.
0: Exactly. And, you know, up until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, then now that you've reached this hour and you're still not sleepy, oh, let's go to Waffle House. go get this, this all-star breakfast. 12, <laughs> 1300 calories. Uh-huh. Now you're eating this at the middle of the night. You waking up? You ain't going to the gym or Empty nothing. Empty
1: ass calories, to Nothing but Empty sugar
0: calories. Drinking three three cups of just straight sugar tea, sugar water. That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> that That's what tea. it is. It ain't tea, bro. I water. drank some
1: tea uh, yesterday because I went to Popeyes, and um, I told you I'm trying to get my life back together. Yeah. It, Everybody listening knows my first podcast I had of the year. I was talking big boy shit like, "Yeah, New Year, New Me. I'm about to, you know, get back on it. This my, you know, this starting my second year on my health fitness shit. I fell off so bad last year. I did so good, dog. Yeah, amazing. Um, December, January, horrible, bro. But I was drinking that tea and I was like, dog, this shit is so sugary, bro. And it's it's not even like natural sugar. It's
0: not. It's not at all. Like now when I drink tea, I just Put the tea, I might get a little bit of honey and like a slice of lemon and put it in there and I, I call it a day. I don't add no sugar to it. Yeah. Same thing when I drink coffee at work, I might add like a little bit of cream, no sugar. Just leave it like that. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I even try veering away from drinking coffee a lot too because I, I had a. you can get addicted to that kind
1: of stuff. Yeah, you know caffeine is one of the biggest uh, addictions, exactly. like right next to nicotine. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then
0: let's not even get Nicotine. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know how I got here, but let's go back to early 20s just a little bit. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people smoking Newports. Uh Never smoked a cigarette in my life. One day, we outside, we're drinking. Hey, let me try one of them Newports. Next thing you know, I'm buying Newports every week.
1: And next thing you know, you're smoking a box a day. Yeah, bro, it happened like that for me too. Growing up, I used to see people smoking um, cigarettes, and um, I smoked a lot of weed, a lot of weed, yeah. way more weed than I should have. But uh, I was like, cigarettes nasty as hell. They stank all that. I never smoked right. cigarettes. For some reason, first time I ever went to jail, I came out smoking like two boxes a day, bro. <laughs> and I did that probably for like four or five years. Yeah, just smoking cigarettes. And I stopped smoking weed and cigarettes cold turkey. That's good. At the same time, bro. I got of- so fucking sick. I was throwing up. Oh, I lost man. weight. And yeah. I was already skinny as hell because this is when I was like 19. Yeah. Bro, I lost weight. I was sick as hell, bro. But I was like, bro, I'm not smoking no more. Yeah. The weed. I started smoking the weed because it started making me so paranoid like I literally would get high and just sit at the house and just be like, oh you ain't shit, you might as well not leave the house, boy. <laughs> or I like I get social anxiety, I get high and I go out and I'll just be feeling like everybody's plotting against me just yes. looking around. Yeah. It makes me paranoid, bro. It's just not for me.
0: Anytime that I've smoked weed, I've always been super paranoid.
1: Yeah, super I don't paranoid. and that's why I like um I have a beef with people that feel like uh, weed is the best thing in the world and everybody should just do nah. it. It's like, it's not for everybody. It's not. I'm not saying it's not for you. It can be for you.
0: Well, it, it's a hallucinogen. So it, it yeah. really will call you, cause you to hallucinate. And depending on what kind of anxieties you have, it can really, you know what I'm saying, make that like, like it can make it exaggerate the situation. So uh-huh. if you already a really anxious person around a lot of people and you do that Which around people, you can become like super anxious and- you start freaking out and stuff, and I've seen people freak out and almost like call the police because they feel like somebody was yeah. trying to attack them, and it's like, hey, relax, man, but it's like, no, no. they. It, bro, it
1: just... last time I smoked weed, I think it was Christmas Eve. Ooh. I was with my homeboy. Shout out uh, Native Quay. I was with uh, Quay, and I told Quay, I was like, bro, I got to stop hanging out with you because every time I hang out with you by myself, something bad
2: happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hanging out with him, bro. And uh, we go to this little party. It's like a little Christmas party. And um, we chilling. Next thing I know, they're trying to pass around this gravity bong. I'm drunk as hell by this point, too. Okay. It's like 1 in the morning. And uh, they passing around. I'm just like, hell, I don't even smoke. But I hit the gravity bong. Fuck it. Now, I remember last time I hit a gravity bong, I think I was like 16 and I freaked out. Oof, so, let's fast forward. Now I'm 28. Okay. I hit this gravity bong. Bruh. I, when I tell you, I went crazy, like it was like a movie, bro. Like, I hit it and I felt like the, the smoke was just stuck in my chest. I kept mm. trying to like push it out. Mm-hmm. Then I was trying to cough so it'll just get out my chest, bro. Next thing I know, like, I felt it in my legs, like my legs start tingling. Oh boy. Then next thing I know, I'm just, yeah, just face down and Quay just looking at me laughing, like, I told you not to smoke that shit. And I'm just like, hey, bro, I'm going to go outside real quick, get myself together. I'm going to come back. He was like, all right. Bro, I went outside. I start freaking out. Oh, like a man. van pulled up, like, like right when I went outside. And I was like, who is that? Then I just start running. And then I called him and like, hey, bro, my bad, bro. But can we go, dog? Like, and he was like, I already knew it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so he had some other shit going on. So he ain't come outside for like 15 minutes. Bro, that was the longest 15 minutes of my life, bro. Oh, yeah. Bro, Thomas. He- Tommy yeah.
0: definitely slowed down during bro, that.
1: Bro, so when he finally came outside, he was trying to talk to me about some serious shit. Bro, I couldn't even talk. And like my conversation skills, I think, are on 10. Nah, I couldn't talk to him about nothing. <laughs> I was like, bro, we got to get home. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't want to ever do this again. And what else I told him? Oh, I was like, bro, I'm just ready for tomorrow. Like, it has to be tomorrow. I'm going through it, it has to be tomorrow. Whole time we're in the car, I'm just thinking like, man, Quaid done set me up, man. He trying to get me. Yeah. And this is one of like the most beautiful people I know, bro. Like, wouldn't wouldn't do nothing to anybody. Like, yeah. just an amazing person. And I'm sitting there like, bruh, he's trying to get me, dog. He's trying to get me, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he's like, bruh, you about to go home. He get to the crib, he talking to people like, bruh, Slim tripping, dog. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I am, dog. But that's when I knew, never again.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that. I don't man. think I don't think I'm gonna do it again for real. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And that's a and you know, honestly, man, that's the same thing with like heavy drinking too. Like I I got to a point yeah. where I just like I said, this is my first you know glass of liquor since 2019. Mm-hmm. And you know it. I'm I I've told myself that I'm not gonna completely cut. Say that I'm gonna cut things out. Drink Instead, on Instead, I'm just gonna do it, and then if I feel the need to do something every once in a while, then I'll do it. But it's kind of harder when you say, I'm not going to do this anymore, because your brain almost tells you, yes, you are going to do this again. Uh-huh. And then it becomes harder to resist it, where it's just like, oh, you just mentally just stop doing it and don't even tell yourself that you're not going to do it anymore. And you'll just eventually just stop doing it on your own same thing with eating fast food,
2: you know, yeah. same thing with smoking uh, addictions vaping. period. Yeah, social media of, addictions. Exactly. Social everything. media, yeah.
0: Like when people are like, "Oh, I'm going to delete my social media." They're usually back within 3 4 days.
1: I talked about that. I talked to that uh about that to somebody last night. I was like, you know, you can always say you're doing a social media cleanse, but you come back and you go harder. Like for example, um I did uh sober October. I didn't I didn't drink all October. Yeah. And um, I, I'm going to be honest. It worked for me. I accomplished a lot. But you know what happened in November?
0: Drinking crazy.
1: Bro, more than before, dog. Oh, man. Like, way more. Like, now I felt like I had to make up for the lost times. So, now where I'm at with it, I'm like... um. You know I'm a drink on occasions, bro. Like I'm not gonna sit here and lie to myself and say I'm never gonna drink. Yeah. But I'm just gonna drink when I feel like it, and it it, it works for me. It works. Like, it'll be like three, four weeks exactly. go by, and I'll drink one time. I might drink two days in a row, but then I don't drink for another two, three weeks.
0: Have you ever thought about it like this? So, your brain is, you know, what I'm saying it's a composition of experiences, thoughts. Uh, just stuff that you've like experienced throughout life, stuff that you've learned throughout life. Mm-hmm. So when you remove something from it, it's a void there. So when you tell yourself, I'm not going to do this anymore, and you remove that from your brain, your brain is trying to refill that void. Yeah. So whatever you removed from there... It's making you think about it even more now yeah. because of the fact that it was there. Now you're just telling yourself it's not there, but it is still there. There's a your, your brain is trying to refill that void. And that's how I think about it. So like I said, I just don't tell myself that I'm going to stop doing this. I'm just going to do it. And, and focus then
1: on other things. My
0: brain is naturally going to learn, oh, you don't need this. Oh, yeah. I don't have to do this
1: anymore. And you focus on other things like working out. And then that becomes a exactly. thing you... you you think and now your brain has
0: replaced whatever was there with something else. So now my addiction is meal prepping. Now my addiction is waking up at 5 yeah. in the morning to go to the gym. Now my, you know, not going to spend money. Because I've replaced with not eating fast food with not spending money on fast food.
1: See, bro, me going to the gym with you, that made me uh think too, like... Bro, you're real similar to me like whenever I start doing something, mm-hmm. I obsess over it, bro. Yes. Like it consumes it consumes my whole life like this podcasting thing, bro. It started out as just an ideal me and uh my homeboy Rello had and I just was like, "Uh, you know, I I, I thought about it before. I was like, but I didn't know if I was going to execute on it." When we started, oh, I can't stop, bro. Yeah. It's like a train. You have like a good time. I just can't stop. Yeah, bro, and it's like I keep going. I keep investing in this. I keep investing in that. I just can't help it, bro. Yeah. So like, right now, my whole thing is podcasting and then this business stuff. Like, yeah. I actually talked to my mom about it the other day, and she was like, uh, Why don't you get a job as a school teacher or something? Like, you always obsess over things. Cause in my mom's head, she wants me to be like this nice, uh, you know, educated college professor that yeah. teaches the youth how to be <laughs> good men and that, you know, starts a nonprofit and, uh, uh, young black inner city kids that help them become men, like teach them how to tie ties and teach them how yeah. to become men type shit. And you know, it sounds good and yeah. you know, I'm very appreciative for her to view me like that but that's not who I am. Like whatsoever. Like I never had nobody teach me how to be a man. Yeah. So now I'm gonna run around teaching kids how to be a man and I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. I'm 28 and I'm still trying to figure out well, this whole I, thing. Well, I mean,
0: I can appreciate you saying that because it I feel like it takes a man to realize that he hasn't fully developed as a man yeah. and he still has room to grow. Cause you do have a lot of guys who think that they got it all figured out and they understand life and you know how everything works. Oh, they ego is when, disgusting, bro. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And ego will hold you back from so much in life. Whenever you think
1: you're perfect, yes, you don't give yourself room to no grow. There's no
0: room to grow. Yeah. You're perfect. You have no room to grow. There's no, there's no way, there's no much further up. You always have to stay grounded and say, you know, there's a level higher, and then you push the heat, to hit that next level, and you just keep doing that. And then you'll look back, and you're like, "Dang, this level that I thought I was perfect at, yeah, like, that was nothing to me." Like exactly, that's,
1: man, it's crazy. Exactly, that's yeah. why. I, like sitting here talking about it now, Um, when I was like 25 years old, I thought I just had it. Oh man, I thought I just had it figured out. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna be like this forever, and this is gonna happen. So fast forward three years to this current day. Bro, I don't think like that whatsoever anymore, <laughs> and it's like it's I can't even think how it's gonna be when I when I'm about to be forty. Yeah. I don't even know how it's gonna be like where I'm gonna be. Like I'm excited as hell to I'm think about too. it, and that's why like I'm not like most people. That's why uh, I asked you about uh, transitioning between twenties and and turning thirty because it's like most people they're scared to like. To, to reach those 30s. Me, I'm excited. I'm like, I can't wait to see what life has in store for me.
0: Let me tell you why me and you feel that way about being excited about 30 and why some people don't. Mm-hmm. You see the potential of where you're going. For instance, with your podcast, you're growing this daily and just any other business ventures that you have or any other interests that you have mm-hmm. or just knowledge in general. You seek to gain more knowledge on a daily basis and I also seek that same thing. I also seek how to further my finances? How to no, you go okay? Ahead. Um, how to you know increase my finances and increase my knowledge about finances, um, grow my businesses and side you know side jobs and stuff like that. A lot of people feel like they've done everything that they can possibly do in their twenties, and now they hit their peak, and it's nothing but downhill from here. So when they hit thirty, they feel like. I'm old now. Now it's just living out life until I die. Man, life is just getting started. You go exactly. through the 20s to mess up so you can gain the knowledge that'll get you doing so much better things in your 30s. The 30s is your prime, not 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of people don't realize 20s that. 20s to you know? start. And and I think the diff- the other difference is we don't have kids. Correct. So we've kind of we've lived life on our own and this is not, not a knock against people with kids because I definitely respect people who still do that with kids I actually kind of respect it more because they've learned to be unselfish help develop other people as well as developing themselves at the same time but you do have a lot of people who feel like once they have kids and get married and stuff that life kind of just is now stagnant or just downhill really, just bro,
1: up from like that. I think it's that they start settling when they have well, kids. Well yeah
0: it's settling that's exactly what it is. You're settled so when you settle you don't think to trot harder. You don't think to go out of your norm or comfortability uh-huh. to and you know increase anything in your life. You're just living life to survive at this point. And I never want to live like that, man. Me
1: neither, bro. Like even if I did have kids right now, dog, I would still be trying to go after things sure. that I want to do. Because growing up, my mom always had these conversations with me about the things that she wanted to do. Yeah. And how she feel like, you know, she kind of didn't take advantage of those because she had kids. And exactly. I always think about those type things like man. Whenever I have a uh, you know an ideal in my head, I have to at least try and go after it because I'm also not one of them scary people that's scared to fail. You yeah. miss hundred percent of the shots oh, you don't take. Oh my
0: god! i and you know what? I actually just learned that. Like I've yeah. always heard people say it, but I really grasped the concept of that probably twenty eight through twenty nine and going into thirty. That's when I really kind of grasped that. Like all right, don't be don't be afraid to take a chance or something. Don't be afraid to don't be afraid to fail because mm-hmm. if you're not afraid to fail, then that that success would be that much better, man. And if you're afraid to fail and you just don't try, then you'll never succeed because you ain't even try. Yeah. So you automatically failed at that point.
1: Yeah. People need to just get out their comfortable zone, bro, and just yeah. try to do what they want to do. That's why I tell people all the time, like, you know, the example we always use is like uh rappers, like local rappers and things. Mm-hmm. People be like, oh man, he's almost 30, he's still trying to rap, he's so trash. It's like, man, at least he's doing what he wanna do. Right. Like at the least. That's why I never like try to down somebody. Don't get me wrong now. Nah. If you got them almost 30, you still selling nickels and dimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You still yeah, selling nickels of and dimes. You trying of- to you trying to uh rap. You dropping your girl off at work and driving a yeah, yeah. car all day to trap. Yeah, it's you, not cool, man. Yeah, you might want to try something else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top for, for a new hustle, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. That, but for the damn. most
1: part, like at least you doing what you want to do yeah. as far as the rapping thing goes. The rest yeah. of that shit's some bullshit.
0: Yeah, man. And gosh, man. I it, It's so many people who wake up every day hating what they do. You, yeah. So many people, I don't want to go to this job. I hate this job. But you've been working in three, four, next thing you know, five, six, seven years. And you're like, why didn't you try to do nothing different? Like if you you woke up 365 days out the year and you hated whatever you're doing, because it is 365 days. Even if you might work five days a week, on the weekend, you're thinking about not wanting to go back to work. So that consumes your weekend as well. Exactly. So it's 365 days of you hating that job and you still being complacent and doing that. Why?
1: Not wanting to make a change. Yeah, not
0: wanting to make it, or scared to make a change, or scared to venture out and do something different. Just
1: being comfortable. Why? Like You have to take those chances. You got to. You have to.
0: Let me tell you how, the, the chance that I took. You know, I was working at, uh, you know, Wow, or whatever,
1: knowledge. Yeah, whatever WoW, wow, the uh, the cable company.
0: When I moved up here, I moved up here, um, one of the people that I knew worked at Wow with me, and they, they the job that I'm at now... They came there, and they were saying that they were hiring. I was like, okay, cool. What do I need to do to apply? And, you know, she was telling me how much they start off with and stuff, and it was way more than I was making at Wow. So I was like, I'll take a chance. You know what I'm saying? It's completely unknown. I'm moving to an area that I know nothing about, but it was at least like $6 more an hour. So I was like, okay, cool. I was like, what do I need to do? So I applied, and it was I came in as a temp. I moved up here. I moved from Augusta that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And this is when uh, we were, you know, me and her were still together. And uh, we we uh, moved in with her mom. And I would drive, this is, dude, this is in Covington, Georgia. And I was working in Kennesaw. So I'll drive yeah. and work like 60 miles a day. Bro. That's far as hell. Yeah. <laughs> 60 Again. miles there and 60 miles yes, back, 60 120
1: miles. Mile. Yeah. Damn.
0: And again, taking a chance because I was like, it's gonna get me something better. I know it is, because whatever I'm doing now is not working. So I need to try something different.
1: Investments and sacrifices.
0: Exactly. So I made that sacrifice and I I came up here as a temp. And from there, you know, I started it started off really rough. Like I was trying to learn a job. I actually was about to get fired probably after like my first month because I wasn't hitting the numbers that they wanted me to hit. And then next thing you know, something just clicked. I sat with somebody, I kind of, I was like, let me observe what you do, how you're successful at the job. And after that, I was like a top performer. And then they hired me on permanently, probably like four months later. By the end of the year, I moved up to a tier two. And then like three months later, they promoted me to a team lead. And then last, no, 2017, I got promoted to a operations supervisor. So, oh. and that's where I'm at now.
1: That's the success story. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, building it, it's up, taking to a it. chance,
0: and now I'm making and, more, and also than staying,
1: than, staying, staying, consistent, and knowing sure. exactly what you want.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I worked hard, man. It was nights nice that I didn't leave there till like twelve in the morning, still having to drive back all the way to sixty miles, at 12, after working ten, eleven hours. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. it it definitely paid off in the end. Um, now, I, you know, so I love where I live at now. I live like right down the street from my job, and you know, I just have sanity here. Like this is a yeah. safe haven for me. Like I come home and I feel relaxed every single day. I come home. I love where I live at. I just love being here. I love going to work. I enjoy my job. And now doing Uber and Lyft on the side, I'm making. Oh yeah, extra that's something money. else we
1: gotta talk like, about. So, what made you want to uh, start driving Uber and Lyft?
0: All right. So after the breakup, um,
1: which we're gonna get into.
0: Yeah, we can do that. If you, whatever whatever one you want to do first, I guess we can do this first off. Yeah. Um. And then I can kind of once I when we go back to that other part, then it'll transition into how I got to that point. Yeah, so, I'm not trying
1: to deep dive into that too much. No, though. I'm fine. Like, you know, whatever you want to do, man. Brush up on I'm it. A, I'm an open book, man. So oh, whatever okay, you okay,
0: do, I, okay. Yeah, I have no. Yeah, we can we can get into whatever. All right, so Uber and Lyft. So um, after the breakup, I probably I don't even want to say after the breakup after the split between like us living together. Because there was a de- decent amount of time between the breakup and her moving out from where we were living at, where we were living in a two bedroom in the same apartment complex, um, I didn't have a car at the time, so I was like Ubering to work and stuff, and I was mm-hmm. just asking people, "Hey man, you know what do you think about Ubering? You know how much you normally make on like an average, and you know is a pretty smooth job, and you know just asking them like the normal questions and stuff, and literally everybody that I talked to said they enjoyed it." And they, you know, I had some people who told me they only do nights. I had some people who told me they only do Monday through Friday. Some people say they do early in the morning, take a break and just relax throughout the day, do whatever. And then some people who do it as a side hustle. So I was like, well, I work, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, you know, on most occasions, sometimes I work nine to six, it depends. Um and I was like, okay, I have enough time to do something different. If I go to the gym early in the morning, then I have, after five, pretty much the rest of the day. And then the weekend, I have all weekend. I'm because there's 24
1: hours in a day.
0: Yeah, it's 24 hours in a day. So how are you going to make the best of that time? So I was like, I actually like driving. Like, I, I like getting on the road and just clearing my mind. And I was like, let's try it. So I got a car. And immediately after getting the car, I applied for Uber and Lyft. I was like... I'm gonna get this car. I can afford to pay for it on my salary, but if I do Uber and Lyft, that'll pay the car pay for itself. Mm-hmm. So now the car has become a business investment versus correct. You know, just what I can't remember the name of it, but basically, instead of it just being an expense for me, mm-hmm. now it's a business investment. This car is making me money. This car is my business. <laughs> yeah. So and I can use it on my own free time because it's my car. So I got the car. I started doing Lyft. Or I started doing Uber first. Probably a couple of weeks later. Cinco de Mayo actually is the first day I started, and I was nervous. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I would have picked up my first person. Um, I get there. It wasn't where the spot was at. So I was like, "Oh snap!" Like I drive to the wrong spot, and I call the person. And I actually had passed them. I didn't realize I passed the person. The spot isn't always exactly accurate. Like they can be a little bit away from it. But I picked them up. He didn't really want to talk, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, I'm still learning. So I was trying to make small talk. He didn't really want to talk. He had his headphones on. So I was like, all right. I drove him to the spot, dropped him off, and it was over. Another one came in. Next person was a little bit more friendly, so we kind of engaged in conversation. By like the third ride, I was completely comfortable, man. And I was, did that, probably made somewhere in the ballpark, like $80 or $90 that day. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I was like, so I'm making what I'm making on my main job. And you telling me I could just go bullshit for three to five hours and make eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars. How
1: many hours did you work that night?
0: Probably five. Yeah, I didn't even work till the night. I worked maybe like one o'clock to like five or six. And I made like eighty or ninety dollars. So I was like, Oh, I could do this. So the next day I was like, I'm going out there. I'm going to the gym and I'm going out there like nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And I worked from like ten to like eight. I made like $120, $130, and I was like, oh, okay, I like this. And then it got to a point, I'm not going to lie, I kind of got addicted to it. (laughs) (laughs) I would get off work at 5 or 6, and then I'll go do Uber to like 8 or 9, and I would do this Monday through Friday. And then on the weekend, I'll do it from like 10, 11, 12 o'clock to like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And then I got to a point, I was bringing like $450, $500 a week. On Lyft and Uber, bruh. Like not just even by itself. Besides not even my your job, main job bruh. I was paying my car note and car insurance off in like a week. Yeah, and then the rest of the money was straight profit. I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful." I was like, "I could get a lot of stuff done." And I just started paying on debt. I started paying stuff that was been on my credit for a long time. I started paying credit card bills and stuff like that. Um, investing stuff in my apartment and stuff. You know, what I'm saying buying the stuff I wanted. You know, that I wanted for myself. Traveling, like going out of town and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful, man. Like I was like, I like this. I like having... And that, and it made me understand this is why it's important to have more than one income. Yes. And now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, so I got Uber and Lyft and I got my mains out. What's the next thing I can do to try to figure out how to bring an additional income in? And that's what I'm working on now. So... That's I'm just putting some thoughts together, some different things.
1: You want to speak on it yet? Yeah, we can speak on it.
0: Um, So, obviously, you know me. You know me for a while now. You know one of my biggest hobbies is gaming.
1: Yes. I so, want to talk to you about that also. I'm glad yeah, you brought this talk, up. We can
0: talk about it, man. Yeah. So, I have some gaming. So, let's talk about my hobbies real quick. Obviously, Excuse the gym me. has become a hobby for me as uh-huh. well as an investment for my personal health and stuff like that as well. But outside of that, my hobbies are gaming and battle rap. I love battle rap. So me and like two of my friends were thinking about starting a podcast talking about gaming and battle rap. And kind of really venturing into hip hop as well, but starting there. But I want to take it a step further than that. I want to do that. I want to do live streams. I want to do actually streaming of me playing video
1: okay, games. Okay, because and... that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. You already had an idea flowing. Exactly. Because I want to. Like, I want to help you with that. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially man. with the podcast. Yes.
0: Exactly. And honestly, the podcast was probably the the part that I was the more more nervous about a little bit because uh-huh. it's like getting in front of a camera and speaking in front of you know hundreds of people. Versus when you're streaming, you're doing it from the comfort of your home. Even though people can still hear you and stuff, but you're you're playing the game. You're kind of doing something, so your mind is kind of distracted from the fact that people are listening to you and watching you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you on know, the podcast, it's a lot more intimate because you have the cameras looking right at you, and you're just speaking your thoughts, and they're just listening and dissecting everything that you're saying.
1: Yeah. oh yeah that's the whole thing about podcasting as far as podcasting goes and um you just open up a topic that i get real passionate about yeah (laughs) but as far as podcasting goes like you know it's it's your own original opinions, and yeah. most people don't even have their own opinions. That's true. So they're just waiting for you to say something so they can judge you off of your opinions. Yeah, and you true. have to have tough skin to do this. Like sure. I'm and gonna be honest, since I've started, I've been around a lot of podcasters that shouldn't podcast. Oh,
0: uh, they get they get really butt hurt about what people say.
1: Super butt hurt. Like I say it all that's the fair. time that I always give this disclaimer. Like I do think I'm a very intellectual person. You are, but I but I know I'm not the smartest person in the world. And I know fun. that. So everything i say isn't going to be correct. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying? Some people like they stress out because they want to make sure that everything they say is right and people love everything they say. Everybody isn't going to love you. No. So once you like figure that out, podcasting is easy as hell, bro. You just sit here and do what you want to do.
0: You know what's a um uh, to get into what you was just saying about people feeling nervous or anxiety about being wrong. Mm -hmm. You know where that kind of stems from? This generation, we live in the information age, and people post their public thoughts and stuff on social media so often that they have the opportunity to research stuff and Google stuff before they post it, whereas you're doing podcasts live, so it's the first thing that comes to your mind. It's right there. So if you're wrong, you just wrong. That's the
1: best thing about podcasting, though. It's raw. That's why I love to keep my podcast raw, bro, like, if I do edit my podcast, it's only like the little the little quick second that I go do something and come right back. Yeah. Like I like to just keep everything in it so you know, you get you get the feel, you get the feel of the room, they get the vibe of us.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, man, it you are naturally raw person like that. Like yeah. when we opened up the podcast talking about you keep it real with like your friends and mm-hmm. just anybody that you're around. You say one thing around one person, you're going to say the same thing around a different person. That's just who you naturally are. So podcasting is natural for you because you're never worried about what you're saying. You stand on what you say. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that though. And that's why it's harder for them to do it because now your raw emotions and thoughts are coming out on this microphone and camera. You don't have time to think. I mean, some people might rehearse some stuff, but you're gonna tell very quickly if something is rehearsed. Like people watching this, they're gonna see this is a natural conversation between me and you. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to some podcasts; you can tell it's scripted. You can tell, yeah, that, super scripted. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Interviews, podcasts. I hate script- podcasts yeah, like that too, yeah. dog. It's not natural; It doesn't come off organic, and the people don't even look comfortable talking about whatever they're talking about. So yeah,
1: it's like, um, it's like. It's kind of like you see, it and it's like they know exactly every topic that's about to be pitched to right. them, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I might as well. I might as well pop in paid in full on DVD. Basically,
0: <laughs> I mean, you they're there's literally screening questions. And yeah. I'm gonna ask you this question, and then this is I'm my gonna answer say that to after it. And it. this is what we're gonna go into after that. And it might be a little ad libbing or a little, uh, you know. Little natural, it's it's a little bit of natural. There's
1: nothing wrong, uh, when you podcast, there's nothing wrong with like having a little structure. Like last weekend, I did a podcast, I I appreciate structure. Yeah, last weekend, I did a podcast with a guy that has a, a real good podcast, it's called More Than a Masters. Okay, and um. That's what he does. He kind of has his points he wants to hit. He, like, does everything in order. I love that for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I love it. Me personally, I can't do that, though. Yeah. Because, like, I love talking all over the place.
0: (laughs) My brain is very complex. (laughs) Mine's is, too. mine's
1: is, too. So, like, I just have to be all over the place. For him, that works, and it sounds amazing. He structures his podcast very well. Me, it just doesn't work for me because like I know what I'ma hit and I'm gonna hit it, yeah. but I'm gonna wait till the right time to hit it because I want it to flow naturally and I want all this to be organic exactly. and very raw.
0: I'm all I'm all about being organic, man. And I'm gonna touch on another point that you mentioned before about people um having you know, having tough skin and doing this. I will be I'll be the first person to admit I was not one of those people previously. Like until having I got to the skin? point that I'm at now. I, was very, I could be very sensitive to people's opinion of me, and I was probably like my worst critic. Yeah, Honestly, in being in management, that kind of shifted me away from that because being in management, you have to make tough decisions. You have to sometimes make the unpopular decisions. It puts you in that
1: leadership, that leadership role if you're ready or not.
0: Exactly, and, the, and the, the hardest part about that is if you get promoted and you're now over who your peers were. Because now it's like, oh, I used to be alongside of you and we talking, you know, talking about all this and stuff, but now you've changed because because you become this person and it's like I had to change. I, I mean, I can't, you know, keep doing stupid stuff or whatever. It's like what Jay Z said. You know,
1: Jay Z said, um, you know, you get to this point and everyone is like, Hey, you've changed and you just look at them like, hey. You damn right I changed. I didn't come yeah. this far to stay the same.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And they, you Hope is an amazing person. I love quoting him. Absolutely. One, I mean, he's my favorite rapper. Yeah. Like, he's my favorite rapper for sure.
1: He's probably my third. Yeah. My favorite is uh Tupac and Lil Wayne. Then Tupac
0: fire. And old Lil Wayne. Uh, mixtape Wayne. Yeah. Crazy. A nigga grew up off
1: <laughs> Lil Wayne. but I, He I, ran I, a whole decade. No, I, I, I can make a whole <laughs> podcast about Wayne.
0: <laughs> Lil Wayne ran an entire decade yeah. by myself, bro. Like yeah. Like every remix... If you heard a remix, he was nah, on Nah, you know what's crazy wasn't about the, Wayne, wasn't and
1: you see, this is this is exactly what it is. I get off on these tangents on my podcast, but uh, dog, the, the crazy thing about Wayne running a whole decade is yep. now this is the next decade, and his artist runs this decade.
0: It's great,
1: that shit is crazy, bro. It is
0: crazy. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. And the crazy thing about it is they both. Shaped it the sound of that decade that they ran. Uh-huh. So a lot of the songs you were hearing were kind of that same structure that Lil Wayne was running. And now look at Drake. There's a lot of Drake spawns, and they kind of starting to shift stuff a little bit on their own. But he shifted the sound of rap and, and hip hop. Now that they almost kind of blended hip hop and R and B. To be honest, it's yeah,
2: like,
0: hip hop and R and B is kind of almost the same genre now. You know, what I'm saying even if you turn into a R&B radio station or hip hop radio station. You hear both of them on What both. Drake
1: said is Drake featuring Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It might as well be. Exactly, man. For real.
0: And I ain't even the biggest Drake fan, but I mean, I can appreciate the genius behind I'm it. I'm not a Drake fan at all.
1: Yeah. But I mean, fan. I got to call it what it is. I'm one of them type of people that research something and I know what it is, if, even if I like it or not. Right. Like, I already know what it is. Yeah. But yeah, um... What are we talking about, man? I'm always getting off on a tangent. Most yeah, so of the time I can't. we were talking
0: about Uber at first. So did you want to get into the relationship thing?
1: Oh yeah. That's why we're here, dog. As okay. far as the relationship thing. Um, so you having having these uh, you know, these jobs, these sources of income, how did you balance your relationship with these jobs? Oh boy, boy, boy.
0: All right, so let's do this then. All right, we're gonna start with um man, we might as well just take it all the way back to the beginning. So when, I might as well go ahead and name drop at this point. When me and Vero were um, like talking and stuff, this was kind of around the time where, like I said, 2012 was an extremely rough year for me, financially, school, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Everything that was in in my life felt like it was going wrong, honestly. Uh Um, I mean, I was with my previous girlfriend and we were together for three years. We broke up. And then... So that happened, um, job, just moving from job to job. I think that was actually the same year I stopped going to school because um, I couldn't afford. Remember, I said I was paying school out of pocket. Um, I couldn't afford to do that anymore, so I wasn't going to school. And then I, I ain't even going to make an excuse. That's not the only reason. I just kind of got lazy and complacent, and I just like missing class and stuff like that. There was a lot going on in life. The only thing that was going right, So, I gained a lot of weight in between the first relationship until that point in 2012. And that's when I started working out. I ended up losing, like, 30 pounds or something like that. So, I ended up getting kind of smaller again. But then, once stuff started getting wrong, like, this is kind of when I really started dealing with mental illness and stuff. I was, like, popping pills like crazy. I was popping pills and drinking liquor, just... Honestly, didn't I ain't gonna lie, man? I'm gonna just keep it a thousand. Like, I really ain't want to be here no more. Like, I ain't I ain't try to kill myself, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was not. If, if it happened, I mean, it was what it was. That's how that's my level of thinking back then. Cause I was like, there's, there's no way up for me. I keep getting all these jobs and it's not working out. It's failing, you know what I'm saying? Failing relationships and all this stuff. Nothing is working for me. Started gaining weight back again and. You know, I was about to get to my roommate. He was moving. He got a good job, and he ended up moving away. So I could, and then I wasn't even able to afford the apartment anymore. So I was basically gonna have to move out in January. And my brother was living in Fort Gordon, and of course, Vero was living in Augusta. So I was kind of staying in between both of them, staying with both of them in between. Um, and I felt the way about that because I'm a very prideful person. So I was always. Big on taking care of myself. Like I said, I started working a full-time job when I was 18, like first out of high school and even working a side job and going to school full-time, paying my rent, paying my car note, paying car insurance, all this stuff by myself. And so I got to a point where I was like, dang, I can't even take care of myself anymore. So now I feel like, comp- like way less of a man. And then, so I'm living with both of them. And she had her own roommate, so I would feel a way about that. And it's like, oh, you got this bum dude staying with you. He ain't got his own place. He's staying with you, living off of you. He ain't helping us pay rent and stuff like that. That's my thoughts, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm very big on internalizing things and just just kind of, even if stuff is not rational, I think very irrational, back then anyway. I'm, I'm just kind of telling you how 22, 23-year-old Stan was. So, um, there would be times like in between, I was still working at Pizza Hut and then I got the job at Wow. So I started Wow and I was working like eight to five Monday through Friday during training, but I would still go to Pizza Hut after. And it would be sometimes like in between jobs, like I'll basically like lay down in the car and go to sleep. Cause I, I mean, I ain't had no key to either one of the places. So if none of them were home, I didn't have nowhere to go. I was homeless basically. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, if, you know what I'm saying? So, if if they weren't home, then I would, and they had like the roommates weren't home, or my brother's wife at the time wasn't home, then I pretty much just lay down in the car or whatever, and then I'll go to the next job and then wait till they get off or get home or whatever, and then go over there. Um, so, I worked there probably from 2013. This was January 2013. So I worked there from then. Ended up getting so me and Vero ended up getting our own apartment in May, and this was the apartment that you came. This was around the time when I met you,
2: okay? Okay, okay. So that part, yeah, I remember
0: Parker Place, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so that was when it's what this is when I kind of started getting stuff together a little bit. <sighs> we moved here, stuff started to seem like it was getting better. Um, and then so let's fast forward just a little bit, we get to 2014. And this is kind of where it got right back to how I was in 2012. So I had to I had to miss out on work because I had to have surgery. I had to um have my gallbladder removed. And at the same time, I had to have um my appendix removed. So I first initially went in because my stomach was hurting my side was hurting real bad. So I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like in a tub crying, like trying to take a hot bath, like I don't know what to do, make this pain go away. I tried to take some Pepto Bismol and I'm throwing up, all trying whatever, bro. I put a heating pad on my side. None of that worked. Ended up going to the hospital. They told me that my appendix was like pretty much at the point of like almost exploding. So I had to get it removed. So I'm in the hospital probably like three days at, after this point of having surgery. And then they come in and do like an x-ray and stuff. And they was like, Yeah, you have like a bunch of gallbladder stones. And you're going to have to basically at this point get your gallbladder removed. So they did another surgery. I'm already in the hospital for having the surgery, trying to recover. Now I have to have another surgery done. So I'm in the hospital additional time. And um, I think I was out of work probably like two or three weeks. And when it comes to health insurance, short-term disability, they only pay you 60. Well, with the health insurance I had, they only pay you 66% of whatever your income is. And... It starts seven days after you, um, like the the start date of like whenever you follow, whenever you miss work. So for them seven days, you're not getting paid anything, and then you're only getting paid sixty six percent of your income for the next two weeks.
1: Which means you're missing a big chunk. You're
0: missing a big chunk of money. Now, um, at the same time, Vero was having to take care of me, so she couldn't work. Like she wasn't able to go to work a lot, she was having to call out of work and stuff, because obviously I and my family doesn't live. I don't have nobody live in Georgia, so she was the only person I had. Basically, yeah, it was just y'all two. <laughs> so she would have to like spend nights nice up at the hospital and stuff like that, which I'm definitely appreciative of. But um, you know, she had to she had to do that, and she was missing work and stuff. And basically, we were still trying to get everything paid for by. Doing, like, whatever money we was having coming in, we still had bills to pay and stuff. Now, on top of that, Vero was supposed to be going to study abroad. You know she went to Paris, right? She was supposed to be doing that. So, we were like, all right. In the midst of all of this happening, this kind of set us back because we was already planning on what we was going to do to pay for the trip. Mm-hmm. This set us back. So, now, we were basically having to, like, kind of borrow money from people. And whenever I finally got back to going to work, bruh, I ain't going to lie. I, looking back at it, it was probably stupid, but I am appreciative that she was able to go to Paris for it. So the sacrifice, in my opinion, was not in vain. But as soon as I got back to work straight off of recovery from the surgery, I went to working like 40 hours overtime every week to pay for this trip Mm. on top of the money that we did borrow from people paying them back and still keeping the roof over our head and all that stuff. So all of that happens. She ends up going to Paris. So obviously she's not working for that time because she's in Paris. So working and and uh paying, you know, paying bills and all that stuff. And then once she gets back, um basically kind of had to just hold it. Down. I just kinda of had to hold it down with the bills and stuff. My car ends up breaking down. <laughs> and I didn't have enough money to get it fixed. I got whatever I thought was the issue fixed, and then they tell me it was something else that was like a fix, and I was like, there's no way I can come up with this money. This was probably like in December, and around that same time, this is when stuff started really getting real, because now I'm kind of like paying bills for two people, and um, I'm paying bills for two people. My car breaks down, and on top of that, um, like, you know, just... I wasn't making that much money. At that. while I probably maybe making like 1150 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my rent, I think my rent there was like 700, something like that. So doing all of this, I was like, I, I remember, I'll never forget this day. Our electricity got turned off because we couldn't afford to pay it. Bruh. I ain't going to lie to you, bruh. We was both in there like bawling like babies, bro, Like crying, bruh. And my mom, she ended up... Thank God for my mom, too. She ended up, um, you know, shooting us some money to get the lights turned back on Because this is the middle of the winter, bruh. Like, it's cold. Oh, as, yeah. You know, so it's, it's cold. Yeah. So all this happens. And then my, my homegirl from WOW that used to work there, that moved up to here, told me about this job. So in January... This is when I drive all the way up here to interview from Augusta. That was probably like a three hour drive from Augusta to Kennesaw. Interview. Then they called me back like the same day, telling me they went, you know, they're gonna offer me the job. We moved everything. And obviously we was broke at the time, so we had nowhere to stay. Her mom offered her house. Thank God for her mom. Uh she offered her house.
1: And her mom stayed where?
0: Her mom stayed and she stayed in Covington. Yeah. So this is Which is
1: how far from Kennesaw?
0: That is like sixty miles. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cool like fifty-five, sixty. It it might be more. I don't know. It might. It, it's around sixty miles. Yeah, but I know it took like an hour to get to work, and that's like without traffic. If it was traffic, easy hour and a half, two hours. And so we move up here, and then so I start working at a job as a temp. So now I'm making a little bit more money now, and um, and then you know Vero ends up getting a job. So then, but we're sharing a car at this point. We're sharing her car now because my car- Yeah, because your car broke down. I had to end up selling it. And at the like, I couldn't even, the car wouldn't even start up. So I basically ended up selling my car for like $300. And it didn't even have 100,000 miles on it, bro. It was like real close to 100,000, but it didn't even have 100,000. And I just couldn't afford to get it fixed. And it wasn't nothing like the insurance would fix because it wasn't like somebody hit the car or nothing. It just- not having enough money to take care of the car and eventually just start going down. Mm-hmm. And Not to mention, it was a kid, Kia's ain't built, yeah, any, yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying? So, Kia is a fairly new car company, so.
0: yeah. So, and this is before they started getting to how their cars look now, where they kind of look a lot better. This is like the other older versions of kids, so they were really cheap looking, yeah, and built. So, um, so then we get to, um, so now this is kind of, you know, what I'm saying, I don't. I'm not putting blame on her, but this is kind of where I think our relationship started to take a turn for the worse. So, at one, so let's start. Let, let me go back just a little bit. After the surgery, bro, I ended up probably gaining like 30, 40 pounds after that. I got like really, really big. And... um Cause I wasn't working out. I was like always in pain, even after the surgeries. Like I was always in pain and not wanting to do anything. And I still wasn't again living a toxic lifestyle, drinking and stuff like that. Cause I hated my job at the time, so I was yeah. coming home drinking and shit. You know, well, you know, we used to go to Audi House and we'd be over there drinking as soon as I get uh-huh. off work and stuff. So um, you know, saying so living that kind of lifestyle, and then moving to her mom's house, this was probably like the number one pride killer for me. Let's let's break this down.
1: I remember this time period too.
0: I move in with my girlfriend's mom. Mm-hmm. I'm driving her car to work. You know, so I'm making good money, but I'm driving like an hour to get to work and back. At this point, I'm doing the best that I can, but I really feel like I've like failed in life.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
0: bro, you live it. You ain't even living with your own parents. You living with somebody else's parents, bro. Like you. How did we get here? You know what I'm saying? This is like the stuff that was going through my mind as a man. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, that's just the kind of person I am. I've always been self-sufficient. So I didn't feel self-sufficient. And over time, the longer and longer that I was there, it got worse and worse. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, bruh, this is terrible. Like, you're one of those guys that people talk about. You driving your girl car to work. You living with her mom. Like, even though I was helping out with bills and stuff, to me, that didn't matter. I was like, bro, you you still you still living with your girl, mom, and driving her car to work, bro. Like, it don't matter. Yeah. Like, you're a bum. Like, I was telling myself I was bum. Don't matter if I was working hard, I was driving 60 miles to get to work and back and stuff. I, In my mind, I was a bum. And ended up gaining even more weight. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, now I'm like, oh, uh, it take an hour. So I'm spending two hours of my day driving to work. I'm spending nine hours at work. I don't feel like cooking. I'm finna go get this fast food in the morning on the way to work. I'm finna eat fast food while I'm there. And I'm finna eat fast food on the way home from work. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And her will cook and stuff, but eventually I'll start getting tired of that and then just eat fast food. And then drinking. And then staying up all night, doing stupid shit, playing video games and shit. Not getting enough sleep. So i was just living a really unhealthy lifestyle. So then, like I said, this is kind of, so 2016, this is the year that I propose. Now, at the time, where well, I guess I was feeling like we were at a position that I wanted to propose because we've been together for so long, not thinking, bro, you don't have your shit together. You living with her mom. You driving her car. Why are you? Why are you trying to get married? Why are you trying to propose? You know, at this time, I'm I'm feeling like I'm making enough. I'm making you know pretty good money now. I've at this point I've gotten hired on permanently. I actually, this is after I got my promotion to the team lead. So I'm feeling like I'm doing pretty good in life. And, you know, we've been together for so long at this point. I'm like, all right, I should get, I should propose. You know, we've been together for so many years. Not thinking about, you still live with her mom. You're still driving her car to work. You know, you still don't have your own place. Why are you trying to get married? Why are you trying to propose? But I didn't think about that. I'm like, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. I'm seeing everybody else around me doing this. Yeah, I'm supposed to do this. This is the lifestyle everybody's supposed to live at this at, at 25, 26 years old. The moment I proposed, I think that was kind of like the relationship killer. And this is coming from me. She might have a different perspective on that, and that's fair. I feel like this is where the relationship started going downhill. Um, In planning the wedding and stuff, I kind of started feeling like the pressure and the tension from her, Um, and it's not all her fault because... Her mom and her grandma was putting a lot of and other family members in the Haitian community. Marriage is a big, big thing. Probably even bigger than it is in America. She's from Haiti. Yeah. So, like, her family was, like, really, really putting a lot of stress on her. Like, even the day I proposed, they're asking, like, when's the wedding date? Like, how am I going to know that? I just got proposed to. You know what I'm saying? Or you just
1: proposed. I just proposed. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: they're asking her, when is the wedding date? Like, how would she know? She didn't even know she was
1: getting proposed Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. you. I got you. My bad.
0: And uh, But, you know, they was putting a lot of pressure on her. And I feel like she was just getting very overwhelmed. And not to mention... You know, there's was a lot of stuff that was changing just in our relationship. I'll I'll be the first person to admit now that I wasn't devoting enough time to her and like her interests and personal needs because I was working around the clock. And by the time I get home, I was dead tired. You know, what I'm saying you drive an hour to work, work for nine hours, and it was kind of a demanding job being in management. I was new to management. And then driving home for an hour, by the time I get home, it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I wasn't devoted. And then on the weekend, it's like, oh, I just want to chill and play the game and stuff. I wasn't devoting enough time. I wasn't being that same guy that was like spending time, let's go to the waterfalls and you know, all this shit.
1: <laughs> Romantic <laughs> stand. The,
0: the shit that you, you know, you kind of take for granted and don't realize how it affects the other person. You like, oh, I don't feel like doing this shit, so I ain't gonna do it. Right. So you like I'm gonna just do what I want to do, and it's, you're really being neglectful. But like I said, at the time I wasn't looking at it like that. I'm like I'm tired. I work hard. I just want to relax. I'm thinking about me, how I feel. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And um, so now it's like okay, I and I can't say how she thinks, but if if I'm analyzing it from my perspective, I feel like or perspective, I feel like me being this neglectful but still trying to force her to plan a wedding she like damn you you ain't even showing me the attention i need now so why do i feel like i need to marry you is it going to get better just because you put a ring on my finger and it started to get to that point where we were starting to have those kind of conversations about time and stuff and i think at the time i wasn't ready to face those realities and those conversations and kind of really do that self uh like analyzing of self and stuff
1: self-evaluation
0: self-evaluation and introspection and stuff so I was kind of deflective mm-hmm. and in doing so I feel like I was making the situation worse so I would still come home I would whenever she get mad I would just go go downstairs and play the game and ignore her and stuff like that and the more and more you do that, that shit takes a toll. And it's gonna get to a the point, they're gonna, you know, start getting fed up, like, all right, fuck this shit. I don't wanna be in this shit no more. And it started to get to that point. So, um, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely transparent. Like we wasn't like having sex, we was going like months without having, like months, bro. like almost six, seven months, like at a time, you know what I'm saying? And She brought it up one day. She was, you know, just kind of like, when was the last time that we did this? And I was like, damn, you know, you kind of right about that. But, you know, like I said, I've been letting myself go. I ain't working out. I'm overweight. I'm eating shit, drinking and shit. You know what I'm saying? Tired all the time. And really almost got to a point where it's just like we just... Like damn near business partners, like financial partners at this point. Yeah. Like not even, you know, this couple that we once were or had this bond that we once had. And um eventually got to the point where we just really started talking about calling the wedding off. And in the midst of that, we kinda of really looking at shit and like, damn, it almost really seemed like we don't even really need to be together because When we would, so it's like, all right, let's try to fix these issues that you're bringing to me now. That you know, me not spending enough time, me not putting enough interest into the things that you like and stuff like that, and you know, kind of forcing you to do this. Like, I'm being delivered and watching battle rap and shit. I'm trying to force her to watch battle rap, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or watching you play the game and shit like that, you know, yeah, and it's like stupid shit like that. Now I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm I'm working hard, so you should appreciate this because I'm a hard working man, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Talk to- just toxic behavior. And eventually it gets to a point where it's like, all right, let's try to do these things. But then in trying, it was a lot of fail failing and stuff. And like honestly, like even trying to have sex and shit. I'm so out of shape and, like, done so much damage to my body that, like, I'm not even able to perform the way I need to be performing, like, sexually and shit. So, then that takes a toll. So, it's, like, it's even worse now. It's, like, when we wasn't doing it, now that we trying and it's failing, it's even worse. You know what I'm saying? And then it got, like I said, it just got to a point where it was just, like, you know, maybe this just ain't working out. Maybe we need to just be separate, separate and shit. So, then I went back kind of like 2012, depressed, drinking, you know what I'm saying, popping pills and shit. Again, get right back to that um, concept, you know, thinking about suicide and shit like that. Not saying I was thinking about suicide because of the fact that we broke up, but everything together. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, every, like just, just in a bad feeling place. You just feeling worthless yeah. as a human being, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not living life like a man i'm I'm now we broken up, and I'm still living where her mom. I'm still driving her car around and <laughs> you know what I'm
2: saying mm-hmm. I'm
0: like she don't want me no more. all this shit, and it's like bruh, that shit weighed heavy on me, and like I think like the last straw we went to a we went to a cruise, and um, I almost feel like this is like all right, this is gonna make or break us like we either gonna from here we're gonna do this, and it's gonna kind of get us back on the right track or this is going to be the relationship killer. And I feel like that was a relationship killer. It was the, it was a moment on the boat where, um, you know what I'm saying? We was trying to do, you know what I'm saying? Do whatever. And again, not able to perform and both of us get frustrated. And then I ended up going to like the dock and like drinking like heavily and shit and just sitting on the dock drinking like crazy and, you even in that moment, like I was like, bro, I should just jump off this fucking ship, bro. Like I ain't worth shit. Like that's how I was in my mind at the time. I was like, I should just jump off this fucking ship. Like I ain't worth shit. You know what I'm saying? And I did, I'm thankful I didn't do it because we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, and yeah. I like, wouldn't be able to accomplish so much. But so we get back home, and now we like really talking about. All right, let's let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and you know end it, then. and you then know kind of kind of go our separate ways. But even in the midst of doing all of that, we were still good friends. So, we we did it. You know, we didn't really announce it to the world and stuff. And at the time, I was like, you know, I'm looking for an apartment and I'm you know, going ahead and move out and stuff. And she was trying to, you know, she wanted to move out too because she was trying to get her life together and do the stuff she wanted to do. And um, so... Whenever I was looking for an apartment, then we got to the point where we ended up looking for an apartment together. It was like, all right, let's just get a two bedroom, two bathroom, and we can like split the bills. And this will help us get us to the next point in life where we can move off like our separate ways or whatever. So we do that. We move, um, you know, so we move out here or whatever. We get a two bedroom, two bathroom. She pretty much have her whole own side of the apartment. I have my own a whole long side of the apartment only thing we share with like the kitchen and the living room and stuff. But most of the time, I'd be in my room, she'd be in her room, stuff like that. And it actually seemed like it was more cooler than, it's like, damn, if we would have did Back this. Back to the friend stage. Well, yeah, it's like, if we would have did this maybe three or four years ago, maybe we wouldn't be in this position. But it's like, at this point, it's like, nah, don't even force that. Like, let's, let's life is still young. We still in our 20s. Maybe we should try and go out and do our own things in life or whatever. And then so she ends up getting a job out uh, in Kennesaw as well. And and then she ends up getting a transfer. So she moves out of the state. So then whenever she moved out of the state, this is when life really, really got real for me. Because now it's like, all right, we were still sharing a car when we first moved up here. Mm-hmm. So I, that was kind of, like, one of the deals, too. Like, we was, like, splitting the car and, like, paying, you know, splitting So the y'all had a
1: slow breakup.
0: Yeah, it was a very slow breakup. Because we were broken up. Like, we weren't being intimate with each other at all anymore. But there was still some kind of dependency on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and once she moved, that's, I feel like that's when it's, like, almost like the true breakup. Because now it's, like, you really on your own now. You got to pay all these bills on your own you need to figure out your car situation, all this stuff. And it forced me to now do what I should have done a long time ago, just really buckle down with finances and become disciplined. And that's when I got the car and started doing Uber and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm going to get my car because now I don't have a car to rely on. You're going to have to you know, face the fact. You're going to have to pay a you know, car note and stuff. Which is fine because now you have your own car. You don't have to depend on nobody. Got my car and then started doing Uber and shit. And then I was like, once time went on, I was like, damn, I could have did this a long time ago. And this probably could have alleviated some more issues and stuff. But, again, like I said, I'm a person that doesn't live with regrets. I more take them as life lessons. And um, so during this. So now this is 2017. Mm-hmm. Or twenty eight no last year was twenty eight. This is twenty eighteen. So twenty eighteen is when she moved. She moved in February. So from February until now, now this is the first time in my entire life I've lived on my own. Cause when I moved to College Station, I lived with three other guys. I lived, yeah. with, you know what I'm saying, three roommates. And in between all of that I've always lived with people. This is my first true time living on my own. I'm everything that I have, I'm paying by myself, all that stuff. So you know what I'm saying? I, I had to, fa- like, I'll come home and just be by myself. I don't have nobody to vent to. so I was, How'd you feel about that? Oh, my God, bro! I ain't going to lie. From February probably to, like, April, I w- no, maybe, like, end of March, I went through a very, very rough patch. Like, I was, like, listening to, like, a lot of Takashi Tek- 6 9 And I don't know if you ever listened to his music. <laughs> you got some <laughs> yeah, dark music, bro. I went through some dark spaces and I was like feeling He worse. got
1: he got more so like hype music that don't really mean shit. But if he, you if you would have told me you was listening to somebody like Black, I'd have been like, oh, okay. Because Black got emo music.
0: I'm a, I'm gonna tell you an emo song. Let me just pull this up real quick. Cause this oh, nah, go was a, ahead. this is a song and I'm not gonna play it, but I'm gonna just tell you the name of it. And this is a song that um that I listened to. And it, this song had me like all the way in my fucking feelings, bruh. Like,
1: and this is a dark period? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, For the people listening, Black, his name uh, starts with a six. Y'all listen to him. That's called Emo Rap. He only raps about deep, dark shit.
0: Wait, did I say Tekashi 69? Yeah, you said 69? My fault. I meant XX Tentasha. Oh, XX yeah.
1: Oh, okay. See, now that changes the dynamic. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I, I messed, <laughs> that I messed up. That changes everything.
0: Jocelyn Flores.
1: Yes. You know what song I'm talking yes. about? Yes. My homeboy, Quay, <laughs> I was just talking about earlier, he's a huge Triple X fan. Huge.
0: I remember I, heard, I actually heard this song. It was a Facebook video. Um it was like a showing like Naruto scenes, but it was like a really sad scenes and it had that music playing in the background. And I downloaded the song, I listened to it. And I'll never forget the day I listened to this song. I I promise I just was randomly in the living room just broke down crying and I was just like Bro, what has become of my life? You know what I'm saying? And it was almost like a moment of realization at the same time. It's like a lot of this stuff could have been prevented. A lot of stuff you caused because of your own complacency, your own comfortability, uh, not willing to step outside your comfort zone and take a chance. And in doing all of that, this is also the time where I was like, now I'm going to, I'm going to face my reality. I'm going to face my own demons, my own toxic behavior. I'm going to face this shit head on, and I'm going to fight these things until I fix all of them. So I faced me dealing with being, like, overweight and stuff and living, like, a toxic lifestyle, like, drinking and all this stuff, like, uncontrollably and, like, staying up to the wee hours of night just bullshitting around, not being productive. And all this stuff. And I was like, all right, let's start with Uber. And then from there, I felt like my job performance at work was getting better. I was doing, I was making money on the side. Now I'm like, all right, let's look at this credit situation. Like, damn, you caused a lot of issues with the credit over the years. Let's fix this. Ended up increasing my credit score, like almost 100 points in a single year. Um, you know what I'm saying? start investing in stuff for my own apartment that I like for myself. Started getting back into working out because I remember me and you was texting real heavy last year about eating right and working out. I started Mm -hmm. researching. That's when I
1: was going through my little period. Exactly,
0: exactly. I started researching like eating healthy and working out, and you know, saying just just health in general. Mental health, physical health, emotional health. You emotional got me. Health.
1: You got me on the vegan thing, on the um, the little vegan beef. Yeah. 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 It, yo, yeah. Exactly. That was, I was a period of my life where stuff. I was super skinny. Yeah. 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 I can't yeah. get back to that. No. 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 No.
0: Well, I'm glad I tried the vegan thing out. It was an experiment, and mm-hmm. I, I think it was more for me. I set a goal for myself, and I did that, and I succeeded in that goal. So even though it didn't become a lifestyle change for me like like a permanent lifestyle change it was something like you can make a drastic change in your life and you can stick to that now let's do whatever you really want to do so you really want to lose weight you really want to get to get back to like not eating fast food and eating healthy you want to get to stop vaping you want to get to stop drinking 3 4 5 times a week You can do that because you just showed yourself cold turkey that you can go to being vegan. Yeah. Or you can go to being vegetarian because I went from vegetarian to being vegan. And since then, it's been smooth selling. Like, I've probably lived, like, my best year from probably that point in March, April to now. I've not experienced a sad day, like, in any of those days from that point to now. So... I've so, not had a sad day in my life, bro. Like I've been happy every single day. I've come home, slept well, get good sleep. I'm going to sleep at a decent. I go to sleep at like nine, ten o'clock at night now. Yeah, <laughs> and wake up at five in the morning. So, and bro, you're basically saying far- your
1: eating correlates to your mental health.
0: Everything. It all ties together. Your emotional and I agree health, with that hundred percent. Your 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 emotional health, your physical health, your uh, mental health. All of that correlates and if you find a way to bridge the gap between all of those and strengthen all of those, you're unstoppable. And now I feel unstoppable. I Even in the gym you've seen, I was like, I've, I've never attempted that weight in my life. And I yeah. was like, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to just attempt it. I'm just going to do it. I got a spot here. I'm good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to see what I can do. And I went in and did it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, and it's a confidence booster. It's like, you can set a goal and you can attain that goal you can you can tell yourself you can do whatever you want to do man and when you feel that way you feel like you can conquer the world and it just drives you as a human being man and you like i said you feel that much better as a person now you don't feel worthless you feel like you have a lot of self worth and like i i feel like i really learned a lot about myself over the past year that i didn't learn in all of my 20s mm-hmm. all of my 20s i ignored these things because i was Trying to cater to somebody else or trying to put on this persona for everyone else in the world. Now I've been, I feel like I really lived for myself over this past year and I've become a completely different person over this past year. People who probably know me from Augusta, if they met, if they ran into me today, they're like, yo, you don't, you ain't even the same stand that I remember. Like, bro, you still call person. yourself Stan Man. Not really, honestly. Like I do, like I like. Nah, I'm,
1: me listening to you talk, I know. Like, okay, he's over that persona.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like my my gamers hag and stuff like that. I play around yeah, with it, but yeah. you know, somebody meets me, oh, I'm Stan. You know. Yeah, I'm Stan. My name is Stanley. Stan and bro, Douglas. you know
1: what's crazy? I battle with that with my nickname. I battle with it all the time. Like, you know what? I should just go by my first name. I should stop going by Slim. It's kind of childish. But dog, I just I've 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 grown into that and changed it. To me, it's still people that see me all the time and they still have that that whole ideal of me being 17 years old. Yeah. it's like, I'm a grown ass man, bro. Exactly. I ain't that no more. <laughs>
0: but you know, there's there's um there's this point that you'll hit, and you might have hit it already, because obviously you still, you know, sit-downs with Slim and stuff. Yeah. There's a point where you bridge the gap between Slim and Rodney, or me bridging the gap between Standing Man and Stanley. Where it's like all of this is you. Mm-hmm. It's all you. And yes, this is a different name. This is a you know what you I, what most people would call a persona, but it's still you. And I talk to Rodney, or I talk to Slim, it's the same person because you've learned about yourself and you've developed yourself. And now it's not Ronnie is a different person from Slim. They're the same people. If you call me Slim or you call me Ronnie, you're talking to the same person. You call me Stan or Standing Man, wherever you see me at, I'm the same person. Yeah. Now, you might have known me from 2012 to be a to, you ain't know Stanley, you didn't even know my name was Stanley. you knew Standing Man. Now when you meet me, if I however I introduce you as myself, I'm still me. It's almost like a allow me to reintroduce myself kind of thing. I've reintroduced myself to the world. Everybody that knows me now, I'm a different person than I was in 2012. And that's why I said I embraced my 30s because over 28, 29, I was like, all right, what can you do to go make this next decade count, make this next decade matter? You'd be the complete best person you can be in every year now that you've learned that you can go from rock bottom to being at the height of whatever you've been in your life in one single year. Imagine what you could do in a whole decade from thirty to forty how are you gonna be so now the mind state is all those experiences from twenty to thirty was just to make me that much greater at 30. So then when I get from 30 to 40, gone. <laughs> gone,
1: <laughs> yeah. bro. Like, See, bro, you feel how I feel about it. Like, my whole vision is me being like a 40-year-old man. You know, I'm not going to be super in shape. I'm yeah. not I'm not the person that's just going to be looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be nice built. I'm going to be like 200 pounds, one, And uh, I might be a little flabby. I'm going to have my little Versace shirt on. I'm a very hairy man. So you're,
2: <laughs> so you're
1: going to see all my body hair. The open buttons? Yeah, the open <laughs> buttons with the body hair. I love gold. I always got gold all over me. I'm going to have gold, and I'm going to be smoking my favorite cigars. I'm going to still be smoking Cohibas. I'm going to still be smoking Camachos. Yes, I'm an American. I love American cigars. Hey, man. I love them.
0: But the biggest thing is you're going to feel completely, 100% comfortable in your skin. Yeah. And I'm going to
1: be happy how my life went.
0: Man. And that's that's what matters the most, man. Like, we got to get out of this mind state of trying to live how everybody else is. We think everybody else is living or Uh where everybody thinks this idea of this is success. You shape your own success. What's successful for you? Once you hit that spot then you feel untouchable now you feel happy you can go to sleep at night and not wake up in the middle of the night with completely having straight anxiety and stuff you know what i'm saying
1: hey bro i got a good question for you all right we're talking so um your early 20s versus where you are right now tell okay. me your expectations for relationships
0: all right um so expectations in my early 20s so you you believe in horoscopes and stuff i don't okay um I'll say this. Me, in my early 20s, I was big on like the horoscopes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was also big on just believing in love and relationships. Like just being like my life was shaped around who I was with and who I was in love with and how strong a relationship was. So as long as that was where it needed to be at the time that I felt that it needed to be, then I felt like that was me being successful in life. Me now is me being comfortable in my own skin and being able to walk through this life alone. I can walk through and do everything I need to do throughout the day by myself. I don't need nobody else to give me value of who I am. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, who I was with gave me value of who I was. Now, that's not the case. I've spent two years of my life now completely alone. I haven't dated anyone I haven't slept with anyone. Like, I've been completely celibate for two years. And oh, that's amazing, dog. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. I, I've not been that way since what? 15? 15, 15 years old? Damn. I lost my virginity when I was 15. That's amazing, bro. I've not spent an entire, shit, six months without being with somebody since 15. And I, I, I might even be exaggerating with six months. And
1: how do you feel about it?
0: I feel I feel amazing. I feel strong. I feel like nothing can Like you conquer something bruh, that's been holding you. Dog. It's 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 almost a feeling I can't even describe, but I'm gonna try to describe it. Do you are you a Dragon Ball Z person? I'm not. Okay. But have you heard about like the I know, I know about I know about, about, about the anime and and Dragon, so, Dragon Ball so, Z and stuff? In the most newest episodes, Goku hit this level called Ultra Instinct. Uh-huh. Don't even look like a Super Saiyan transparent, gold hair and stuff. It looks like regular black hair. But he's so in tune with himself that his body is naturally dodging his, dodging beam. Like He's doing stuff just naturally, not even thinking about doing it. That's how I feel. I feel like I've become so in tune with myself. Mentally, spiritually, physically, everything is so in tune. I feel untouchable. Like, I am I walk with a different walk at work. I walk at, with a different walk just anywhere. A different level of confidence. That's something I never would have gotten depending on someone else because it would have always depended on how that person made me feel. So if they made me feel sad or if they made me feel like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, then I felt lower than what I could have been. Now, it's not depending on anything but myself. So if myself has my heights at like this high, then I'm always this high. And when I wake up in the morning I feel confident, I look in the mirror, I'm like, you look good, boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're doing good in life. Like, look what you got. You know what I'm saying? All this, everything that you're doing in life, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You're a good, good dude. I almost feel like that's kind of what Meat Mill going through because you I'll, just looking at Meek Mill now, looking at Meek Mill, like when he's going through the whole Drake shit and all that shit, or you know, being with Nicki and shit. You see two different, them two different people. Like Meek look like a completely different person now. Oh he's yeah, so you know that's my favorite himself. rapper, so yeah. I'm, I mean, I <laughs> man, in college. I was a big Meek Mill fan, so yeah. Like seeing how he is now is amazing to me because I'm like, damn, like he went through. I'm all I'm gonna be that.
1: honest, Meek is hitting levels I never even. That's what I'm saying, him, bro. Him and...
0: That's exactly what I'm. The levels that he's hitting now. It's self realization That's why he's my
1: favorite rapper, because it's like, I'm gonna be honest, bro. I was just I was just talking to somebody about this like two nights ago. Um, when I was young, I'ma just I'ma just say it straight yeah. up. When I was young, bro, I never envisioned me even being alive at this age. Yeah. Like this, this right here is just like I couldn't even think about it. And like so, you got your own. Yeah, so now like I'm here. And I never sit back and just take time to reflect. And my mom hates that about me. She's like, you're always on the go. You're always, you're just super ambitious. Like, everything that I think is one of my strong points, she, like, tells me how it's a flaw for me. Mm. So we always, we're in constant battle about that. Okay. But she's right. Like, the same things that make me who I am and make me strong is also the same things that hold me down. For sure. And, um... Like, now I think about it, it's like, man, I'm 28 and I got all this going on and I still never step back and smell the roses. Like, never. And I feel like that's where Miki is right now in his career. Like, he's sitting back, he's smelling the roses. He's like, hey, man, I'm kind of all right. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I ain't hit that phase yet. Yeah. Bro, I'm hungry as hell, bro. I just talked about this on my last podcast. Bro, I'm so hungry, bro. Like, I wake up every day and just be like, man, I'm broke as hell, bro. And it'd be people like... like, um. I suck at compliments. Like okay. you gave me a compliment earlier. You was talking about my car, and you see how I was just kind of yeah, like, "You
0: just kind of yeah."
1: I was like, "Man, fuck that car. I don't care about that car." You like, I always do that. I literally just went to uh, South Carolina the other day, and yeah. I brought a car from someone, and he was like, "Why are you buying this car? You should you, look at the car you got." Yeah. and I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't worry about that car. I'm trying to I'm trying to get some money."
0: But that's a good trait to have, man, because you always you always see. You see the potential in yourself, and you always see yeah. that there's a higher potential than where you're at, and that's a good trait to have. You Now, you do need to hit that point where you do need to realize the levels of success that you've hit so far, and then appreciate that, and then that also strengthen your ambition to do more like going forward.
1: Bro, it's so hard for me, though, because it's like we talked about earlier yeah. about competitiveness. Yeah, and I'm the most competitive person I know. You're competing with so yourself. So it's like I'm competing with myself yes. my whole life. That's why I don't understand. Like you have friends that want to be better than you. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I can't. I ain't got time to try to be better than you when I'm trying to be better than myself. I'm yeah, literally trying right. to beat the person I was yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. like I want to be better than the person I was yesterday.
0: Ain't nothing. Matter, ain't nothing wrong with that at all, man. And I mean, I I see it like like I said. What you have going here, this is amazing, man. And I see it just going further and further. Even from the first episode that I listened to, to like the most recent episodes that you sent me, I see the development throughout each week that you do these things, that you're getting better and better. And you're just learning more about yourself. And you're like, I'm going to take this knowledge that I've gained in doing this into the next episode so
1: and I'm gonna just keep getting. Better. I hope
0: this episode can do that for you, and then the next, the yeah. next episode after that. You just I'm also
1: like, up. like I'm in my little rapper mode where I'm like, every episode I do is my best. Mm. So this episode right here is my best, and I haven't even stopped pressing record. <laughs> <laughs> I can
0: appreciate that, man. I ho- hopefully, your fans feel the same way, and um, you know they can see that. That's you're...
1: another thing, like when people like in the streets, mm-hmm. they like approach me and they say something like, "Hey, boy, you doing good? Do your thing," and so. Bruh, I don't think I have no fans. Yeah. I don't think none of that no, shit. No, you got fans. I man. just think I just think I'm doing a podcast and that's what people are doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's awkward for me to think like, oh, you have fans, you have people that like you. Even when I see people like leave comments online or yeah, man. shit like that, I'm like, man, I ain't got no fans. I'll
0: tell you what, I think the moment of realization for me was um I think it was the, the interview you had with the producer.
1: Um, yeah. V class.
0: When I heard that interview, I was like, oh, he really got something here. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Like, you know, this ain't this ain't just a hobby for him. He really got something here. Yeah. Like this is this is something real. I was listening to it. I actually listened to the episode like three times. Like I was like, Oh, this is good content. And then I and then it was like V class, more and more you man, were sending too. me like different interviews, I was like, He's getting better. I'm seeing the progression every episode. He's getting better at this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is good content. And like, I, I haven't subscribed. Anytime you have a new episode, it the, that morning that it dropped, it let me know on my phone. I'm like, all right, bet. Now when I go do Uber or something today, I can listen to this new, you know, sit down with Slim yeah. episode. And I was like, you know, And And I was I was excited to be on it. I was like, I want to be a part of that. And but see, hopefully people can. No, it's even better for you
1: because you've seen like the trans, like the transitions I went through in life. So it's like you've heard, you've heard me at these young ages saying stupid shit. Yeah. And now you hear me now, and it's like, damn, he's he's totally different. He thinks like this.
0: Yeah. Well, honestly, man, I feel like I learned a lot about you in listening to your episodes. That's some of the stuff that maybe you wouldn't have expressed in the environments and conditions that we were in at the time in Augusta. That you were able to be a little bit more uh, vocal or vulnerable about different aspects of your life on your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that. And I'm sure your fans also appreciate that. And I think the more and more you do this... That's just gonna grow your fan base more and more man you're gonna hit different different yeah. demographics
1: that's and the thing about me I'm not scared to like put myself on the front run and then um, you know, just put myself out there. Yeah, I don't mind people judging me. I don't mind stuff like that. Like it's just whatever to me because I'm comfortable with my skin. For I'm sure. all right. I love my life. I think my life is amazing. Yeah, which is why me listening to you, dog, and listening to like where you came in life, dog, it's just it sounds amazing that you got to that point where like yeah. you feel how I feel because people that deal with depression, that deal with things like that, I'm real ignorant to it. That's why I don't like to speak on it too much. I'm real ignorant, and um, I'm happy you are where. Where you are, yeah, and and the thing I appreciate the most about it is, um, this is the first time in my life I sat down and had a conversation with someone that takes accountability for everything that they do. Yeah, like bro, you did not once throw anyone under the bus, not one time, and you literally sat there and told me a a fucking. 11-year story. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. literally, you told yeah. me an 11-year story and yeah. then throw anyone under the bus. You no. didn't say, oh, this person did this. That's why I did this. It was all about you and what you did. And I feel like as humans, people, they're always, like, real self-centered. But when it's their turn to, like, you know, actually be that person in the center, For they sure. shy away from it and talk about other people.
0: But I recently learned that. Because if you talk... If me and you did this podcast... When I was 27, it would have been a completely different conversation. Uh-huh. I would have been I would have been able to find a way to blame Vero for whatever the issues were, and I was feeling the resentment and and the and, um you know the end uh, animosity towards her around that time. But in that year of being by myself, you are living with yourself, so now you're you're seeing the things that you do that annoy you your own. If you annoy your own self, imagine what you're doing to somebody else. Yeah. So the stuff that I was doing, that I was like, why am I doing this shit? I can only imagine how that makes somebody else feel. For instance, let's talk about vaping. When I used to vape, I would just be like, oh, it's vaping, so it's not that bad. So I just feel like I can vape wherever I want to vape. So we'll be driving to work and I'm vaping in the fucking car. Fucking vape all inside of the car. Yeah. And she's sitting next to me. She don't vape. She don't smoke. So if I'm annoyed by me vaping now, imagine somebody who's never vape and don't care to vape, how they feel about that, doing that for a whole hour. you Doing that every single day, yeah, you're going to annoy that person. And it's just those different kind of things that you get to learn about yourself and you can fix.
1: Bro, with relationships, it's, it's like, it's more so about communication that people don't understand. Yes. Like, you just have to communicate, like, what goes on, what you like, what you don't like. And people fail to do that. And that's what makes relationships fail.
0: It It is what makes, that makes relationships fail. What also makes relationships fail is this whole, there's this, this unwritten law of what, a faithful man is. So if a man don't cheat, then he's the best man. So that's why a lot of people... Oh, my fault. A lot of people say that when you're in a relationship, coming from where we come from, Augusta is, you know what I'm saying, just being in that area and stuff. You know, it's a lot of people doing what they want to do, cheating, whatever the case. Mm-hmm. So you get that one guy who's faithful. I was say- I never cheated on Vero. <laughs> So, that alone made people say, oh, Stan is this perfect guy. Stan is this great guy. Not thinking about any of the other things that I was doing or subconsciously doing to ruin a relationship. the relationship. The fact that I was just faithful, that's good enough. So, people's standards are so low that they don't... They tolerate a lot more just... It, you can be faithful and completely annoy your your significant other, and they say you're a good guy. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't make me a good guy. I don't come home from I come home from work, and you come home from work. I tell you all my problems, but I don't want to listen to your problems. That's toxic behavior, bro. And communication communication like you said. I can tell you all my problems, all the stuff I'm going through at work. I'm a hard-working man, and I'm faithful, so I get to do that. But you don't get to tell me your problems and how you feel about stuff and how the world made you feel today. That's fucked up. But because I'm a faithful man, you're supposed to tolerate it because there ain't that many faithful men out there. That's fucked up. And people don't realize that. But our community accepts that because they're like, but you got a faithful man, so you should be able to. You need to stick by him. He works hard, and he's faithful. That's it? That's all it takes to have a good that's man? That's it. <laughs> that's fucked up. Like that's It's, like, up it's like you ticket. got the
1: meat and potatoes, and that's all you need.
0: You have a man who works a full-time job, and he's faithful. That is the fucking limit for us? It has to be something more than that, bro. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly appreciate Vero for leaving because there was a lot wrong with me that I couldn't fix with being with her because I wasn't seeing the issues with being with her. I had to be by myself and face those issues on my own to fix those issues. So now that I'm better for the next person. So like I said before, with not regretting anything in life, I don't regret the breakup. I don't regret all the problems we went through because the next time I get in a relationship and the next relationship she's in, we're both better people in those relationships and we can have more fulfilling relationships in those relationships. Like a resume. So... Us doing all of that, we were able to hash out a lot of personal problems within ourselves that we were able to fix within ourselves to make us better people for the next people that we date. So everything happens for a reason. You come across people in life, and sometimes you—I'm sure you've—well, we 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 we're pushing thirty now, right? Uh huh. How many friends did you meet in nineteen twenty? You thought lifetime friends, and you don't even probably ain't talked to in two or three years now.
2: <laughs> That's a
1: complex question bro i'm gonna be i'm gonna be as honest as I can dog. most of the people that I grew up with I still deal with from time to time, but as far as like the relationships that we had growing up, it's not the same. um we're leaving each other, bro
0: <laughs> yes, now quickly too. the rate you feel, is getting crazy. Do you feel bad about it
1: man honestly i'm I'm gonna be honest um I'm always the one asking questions now you're asking me questions. <laughs> so bruh um i don't feel bad about it simply for the fact that where i'm at in life right now and people don't understand me and they're still seeing me as like i said earlier they're still seeing me as that 17 year old so therefore i don't get a chance to feel bad about it it's one mm-hmm. of them things where it's like bruh i'm growing i'm at this place in my life and you can't see me past this
0: but when you're alone, when you're at home with yourself and you're doing some self-reflecting and stuff, do you, feel I do, daily. Any, do you feel any way about, damn, man, we used to be so close, like we used to hang out every single day, and now I might talk to this person three, four times a year
1: or even twice a year or even once a year. I don't because it's one of them things where it's like I know I've outgrown that person. So and you hit just... that
0: point already. That's good, though. Yeah. It took me a while to hit that point because I used to feel bad about it all the time. I was like, "Damn, I'm not a good friend." Like these people, I call my best friends in my early twenties. I ain't spoke to them. I ain't seen them since mm-hmm. three, four years ago.
1: Oh, bro, I had to. I had to cut off my best friend before. Yeah, it's still like literally talking about it right now. It still hurts me to this day. I hate that shit. It's I was just talking about it like like two, three days ago. It's I hate it, bro. Yeah, but it's like and um. What made me justify, which is what I told you about how you took accountability for everything that, as far as you, you didn't throw anyone under the bus. That situation, um, and I don't know, you may disagree because that's, you know, how you are. Okay. Um, It's one of them things where I did everything I could do. And that that's person, can do that person, like, they they did horrible things that you shouldn't come back from. And I still was like... Man, you good, bro. I ain't worried about that. Come on, Boy bro. Boy
0: have.
2: i been in the situation. What? <laughs> bro, it suck, bro. I'm
1: talking about like, bro, you ain't got to steal from me. We been there. You know what I'm saying? We both been broke together, literally taking a plastic knife, cutting a double cheeseburger, splitting it. <laughs> we been there before. Yeah. And you talking about stealing from me? Yeah. Stealing a watch? Well,
0: you know. Because um, I'm not a
1: materialistic person. Like, right. um, I dog, I'll give you an example. And like. I don't like talking about this person because like I ain't talked to him in so long. Okay. But um I'll still give the example. Okay. My mom, when I graduated uh college, she gifted me a Rolex. Okay. I love that Rolex. Mm-hmm. It just it meant so much to me. Oh uh at the time she was overseas, so you know she got it for like half price. Okay. But uh, you know, it still was expensive. Um I loved it so much. Um he, <laughs> he don't even know this, but I know. He, you know, he stole it. Damn. And I know it, cause like he was in a bad place. He stole it, but um, it's just one of them things where it's like, man, you did that to me, and I never thought we'll ever go through that, cause like I seen you do bad things to other people. Never thought you'll do it to me, and I tried to ignore it for so long, but I know it. Like I know you did that. Yeah. But it's like now, me where I'm at now, it's like I can't even take them risks no more, cause on top of like you not respecting me. It's like you don't even respect what I got going on. Like you don't even you don't even value me like you used to. And we known each other since we was literally little kids. That's real. I'm talking about like we did everything together. Yeah. And like I always had this vision when I was young where like it was gonna be these situations where um it was gonna be me and all my friends like and you met a. a You know, like a big group of my friends, but it's even more of us. Yeah. So like, I had this big vision of us at like this big round table, which is why every time I move somewhere, I always buy like a big ass dining room table. Like we're just all around the table, like Scarface. You
0: big on loyalty?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I'm huge on loyalty. So it's like one of them things where we all around the table and we like we laughing like about things we've been through, and um now I'm comfortable with knowing that that'll never happen. Yeah, some people gonna come. They gonna fall off, and the people that's good, they gonna be there forever. The people that I thought that was gonna be there, it's over with.
0: That's a that's damn. That's a real ass point you just brought up, man. And honestly, I I think me and you are a lot of. I think that's why we kind of stay friends, um, through all this time. Like even if we go months without speaking to each other, we can pick right back up because I think we're a lot of alike when it comes to that. When it comes Mm -hmm. to loyalty and stuff. Um, I I feel like man, if you you a loyal friend, I'm gonna keep you around forever as mo- as long as I can. You know what I'm saying? And it, it don't even have to be no situation where we talk to each other every day. But if you need something, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And with a lot of the people that I that I used to be around and stuff, even in Augusta and stuff that I'm not around anymore, I don't fault them for us not being cool or being as close as we used to be because. I feel like we all go in different directions in life and some of the things that I realized at certain points in my life, they might've hit that way before or they might not even hit it yet and they might not hit it for another two or three years and that's okay. We all have our different times of when we hit those different levels and some people never hit it and that's Mm -hmm. also okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause I have cousins and stuff that I was super close with that I don't even talk to at all anymore. Um... It's it's okay. Everybody hits these levels of self-realization and kind of really growing up, kind of really become boys to a man um, at different points in life. And just because you might have hit it don't mean that everybody else that you was growing up with and y'all was the same age and stuff hit it at the same time. And that's fine. So with a lot of the friends that I had, if we ain't as cool anymore, hey, man. I still hope the best for you, and I still hope that you accomplish everything that you want to accomplish in life. And if you ever need something, you can still hit me up, but if we don't hang out every day or every month or every year, that's it's fine, cool. too. It's yeah. cool. That's I know how you are alive. Too. I know you you are doing what you need to do, and I'm doing what I need to do, and I respect that, and I hope you respect it for me. And like I said, where I used to feel like I was a bad friend for not keeping in close communication with everybody, I don't feel that way anymore. Now I'm like I'm doing what I need to do for me, and they doing what they need to do for them. So,
1: bro, it's like dog. Growing up, I'm gonna be honest. Like my mom, as far as like love goes and things like that, a lot of people don't notice about me because they think like I'm this tough ass guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not that tough ass guy. Like growing up, my mama she taught me a lot of things that like a lot of things that um. I didn't even think I knew. Okay. So um, one of the biggest things she taught me was kind of like, "Hey man, you love that person. You tell them you love them. Yeah. That's like a fact. you ain't you ain't this big, strong, tough man. Like boy, you scrape your knee and you cry out to me, boy. Don't don't scrape your knee, cry to me, then go outside and try to beat somebody up and act like you this big, tough guy. Yeah, that's like real. you know that ain't who you is. That's real. Go ahead, go ahead. You love that person. You tell them you love them. You call them every day. You make sure you check on them. You know, that's you. Because, like you know, we grew up uh, military brats. That's right. Bro, we didn't talk to our parents for a long time. So, our friends was literally our family.
0: That's real. We all <laughs> had to We that's had to create families. That's, that is a fact. <laughs> we that's had to create
1: fact. families. So, yeah. me, me being a military brat for so long, like my friends, and sometimes I feel like they don't even understand it. Like, y'all my brothers. Like, literally, yes. like... I've known y'all forever. Like I know, I I know more about y'all than I know about my blood. So therefore, it gets like like when I talk to people that like care about blood, it's like that's not existent to me. Yeah, I don't know anything about blood. Yeah, like nothing. Like
0: I'm definitely closer with a lot of my friends more than I'm closer with family members. Yeah,
1: and I, people I, don't people don't understand that doesn't mean I don't care about my blood. Right. That just means that like. I just didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up in a family setting. I grew up moving around. That's why I love talking to military brats. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Because you understand what I'm talking about.
0: I I 100% understand. Yeah.
1: It's just one of them things where it's like, hey, you're my brother. I love you. I would never cross you. And, you know, people always fall out over girls. Well, I don't care about no girl.
2: (laughs) Nah, man. We is okay.
0: Anybody that I ever fell out with over you know I'm saying, relationships or a girl or something like that, man, it wasn't worth it. If I can go back and tell the teenager or early 20s Stan, it wasn't worth it, man. People wouldn't come and go. Yeah, and Your real ones is your real ones. But even then, at the same time, if that person you fell out with, with wasn't a real one, then they was going to fade eventually anyway.
1: But, bro, um... Yeah, the question I asked you, I told you on my podcast, we love to ramble. All right. <laughs> but the question I asked you, you know, expectations you had when you were younger. Okay. Now that you're a single man, what's the expectations you would have for a woman now? Okay.
0: So my expectations for a woman now, um, it has to be somebody who is career driven. So they understand that I'm career driven and that I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my ass to get to where I want to be in my career and i don't want somebody who's gonna expect me to call out to watch netflix or
1: yeah
0: you know go go to the mall or something like that but i also want them to be the same so i'm okay with oh you know i just worked 12 hours i'm gonna go home and go to sleep you know those kind of things like that um and even even getting past the point of like just working as far as relationships um Open communication for sure, keeping the open communication, so how I'm feeling, I'm not gonna be um passive aggressive about it if I'm feeling away about something, I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it, and I expect you to do the same um, you know making time for each other i mean in 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 reality, as adults, you make time for the things that you want to make time for so Even if we work in, if I, my, my daily routine is to work out, go to work, do Uber and stuff like that. If I really care about somebody, I'm going to make time or I'm going to make some sacrifices somewhere in that, that, that my self, my, my own self routine or selfish routine, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. I'm going to make time in that to make time for you. So if as long as we both doing that and we both sacrificing, but we still have our own things going on, that's completely fine. I don't expect you to devote 24-7 of your life to me, and I'm not going to devote 24-7 of my life, and I want you to understand that, and I'm going to understand if you can't do that as well.
1: So basically you just want an understanding?
0: Complete understanding, complete com- uh, just transparency, open communication. Um, I mean, we we, we know what we're trying to get out of life. At, at this point in life, we should be at a point where we know where we failed at and where we want to succeed at and how to succeed
1: Bro, could you see yourself being with a younger woman?
0: Oh, let's talk about that. Because I, I thought, I, I remember me and you saying we was going to open that back up. Um, I think that it would have to probably be somebody that's 25 or older. And the reason I say that, I think anybody between 18 and 23, they're still going through, if if they're going to college, or even if they're not going to college, they're in those years of developing as an adult. And honestly i would almost even recommend people who um who's at those ages to not even be in a committed relationship i feel like you take away from a lot of what you could learn and develop as a a, an adult by being in a committed relationship and trying to take life too serious at too young of an age and between 18 and 23 you should really just be out having a good time you know Getting building the foundation of what's going to make you successful in your mm-hmm. late 20s and early 30s and forward, but I don't think you know people trying to have babies who are like in the 18 to 23. I don't think people should be out trying to have kids, getting married and stuff. I feel like you should be meeting new people, experiencing different people. Um, and that's fine if you if you want to do that sexually as well, that's completely fine. I mean, date date people, meet people. It's okay if it does uh, a dating situation or relationship don't work out. It's all right. Don't yeah. <laughs> you know, don't get butt hurt over it and the next person you try to hold on to them cuz the last one failed. Don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um this is the time for that. You're supposed to learn about the different things. You're supposed to cuz you don't even know what you like at that age yet. You're learning about what you like at that age. So when you're at that age, you should leave yourself open to date multiple people and just date different people and experience different people and experience different things and be in different locations travel the world you know whatever you need to do i know you might everybody at 18 to 23 might I have to find finances to go to europe and stuff like that shit go to fucking charlotte go to miami <laughs> go to if you ain't even living in atlanta go to atlanta you know what i'm saying nashville something go, just go places oh bro that's something that's
1: something that like we take for granted like, for sure it's, Absolutely. It's simple. Like um, I'll tell the people listening right now. I live in Augusta, Georgia. Right now, I'm in uh Kennesaw, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, in the metropolitan area. And um, you'll be shocked. Augusta's <laughs> only two and a half hours from here. You'll be shocked how many people ain't never even left that area.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even in Memphis, bro. Like, I have cousins that's never left Memphis in their entire life and they're in their 30s and 40s, maybe even 50s, maybe even sixties.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Never left Memphis. Ne- never left Tennessee. Probably majority of them never left Tennessee.
1: That is crazy too. That's
0: crazy to think about. I've been to Italy. I've been to Panama. I've been to Alaska. I've been to Canada, bro. I've had people. <laughs> I've been
1: to Bahamas. Like I've had people get on flights <laughs> with me, and they never flew before in their that's life. That's
0: insane. My um uh, my brother in law he he never flew before before my sister and them went to um. I think it was Disney World. Bro,
1: they're legit scared. And I'm literally yeah. on the flight, like, what book I'm about to read on here? What music I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah. I'm like i about to take me
0: a nap. They can't take yeah. no nap. They shaking They sweating. Yeah.
1: They like, <laughs> you mean to tell me this machine is about to take off from the ground? It's like, bro, and then that 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 like brings all the fears cause it's yeah. just like, oh, you scared to die, dog. Yeah. You scared to die. And I like I always have awkward conversations about that because like um, people that know me real close, they know when it comes to death, like it's death dog. I'm dead. Like yeah. I have no reason to be scared to die. It ain't nothing like I wanna be dead.
0: The people who suffer the most from death is the people that's
1: alive. Correct. Yeah. Cause it's like if you knew you lived your whole life ignoring that person, when that person dies, you're gonna be hurt. I've only been hurt I, excuse me, I've only been hurt about one person passing away before. And I feel like because I could have been the person that, you know, stepped forward and mm-hmm. helped that person. Mm. But uh, since I didn't, you know, it still bothers me today thinking about it. Yeah. But for the most part, if you know you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: That's death is line. just death. We're all going to die. Which, um something important, I've been going back and forth with people uh all weekend on Facebook. I posted a status. I think I said, nah, I reposted something. It was a dog on his birthday. He was at the table. He had a big birthday cake. He had a hat on. And uh, they were singing him happy birthday. Yeah. And I was like, this is to all my white, my white friends on Facebook. Why do y'all value animals' lives more than you value black lives? You'll you'll see a dog in on the side of the road on the highway and start crying because he's dead. You'll see an innocent black man get gunned down on CNN, and you won't even flinch. That's You'll just real. be like, <laughs> we're getting them out of shit. here.
0: That's some real shit. Bruh, yeah.
1: surprisingly, I had black people commenting on that status, mm. saying shit like, dogs are loyal, people hurt you, That's and crazy. all this and all that. And I'm sitting there like, bruh, it's a dog. And they're like, bruh, their big excuse was, you don't understand because you never own a pet. First off, they don't even know if I've owned a pet or not.
0: But we're talking about human beings here. We're talking
1: about human <laughs> beings versus animals. That's insane. We're talking about something that literally goes outside after you take it outside <laughs> and take a shit and just start kicking dirt on top of the shit and walk away.
0: And don't get me wrong, man. I, I have a very, very strong love for dogs. But we're talking about human beings versus, versus a, a dog. person who woke up and had thoughts that breathed yes, breath bro. into the world. This is a person who affected the world at one point or another.
1: Versus a dog. And I love dogs, this, too, bro. I'm a dog person. Yes, like, I am, too. Yeah, like, bro, is I love dogs. Being. I just,
0: I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But that that is a reality.
2: It's scary, bro. dog,
1: And we're getting worse nowadays. Oh, we're, for sure. we're getting sensitivity so desensitized. So, yes. We're getting yes. so desensitized, dog. The sensitivity
0: is so numb and it's so scary. Man. <laughs> Somebody that's the crazy numb. Somebody might be more numb to me being shot down in the street right there than, mm-hmm. some, than my neighbor's dog being shot down in the street right there. That's that's a reality. That's real. You know what I'm saying? And
1: it's insane.
0: You see it on the internet. Somebody, uh black man getting hemmed up by the police, getting slammed on his neck or shot. Or choked out, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh, what did he do wrong? Yeah. But the dog, you know what I'm saying? They just see a dog that they ain't asking them questions. They're this like, oh my god, dog. a poor dog. Yeah. But you see a a human being being the the life literally stripped from them and they're defenseless and they can't. And even it's crazy, like, it. so and bro, the first you mean thing to tell you me? ask is what did they do wrong? That's fucking crazy.
1: You mean to tell me you see me and like? I got on all black. I got on a black hoodie. Let's say I got my hood on because I always wear my hood. Let's say I got my hood on and you're like, oh, he had a hood on. He he definitely did something wrong. But you see a dog and you're like, he's just so innocent. It's like, bro, don't get me wrong. We're all animals. Yeah. Yeah. But a dog versus a human? Come on, man! This is crazy. Like the, the the only thing I could literally say on that status was like I just kept responding with like, "Are we really talking about human lives over over, over an animals' life?" Man, it's <sighs> boy. It's a tough one, isn't it? That's <laughs>
0: a, yeah, that's a tough one, but it's scary, bro. Like, I man, I've been I've been in situations, and I know I'm people been way worse situations than me. But I've been in situations like I'll come home from work and I'm about to take out the trash and I have police officers follow me with a flashlight like where you going? Uh-huh. Bro, I pay rent here, bro. Like yeah. you following me because I'm you think I'm a criminal or something because it's color my skin? I pay rent here, man. I just yeah. got off work. I just worked twelve hours and I'm coming home to take the trash out and I'm a criminal. And I got to go for through doing this. that.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but
1: it's bro. Sometimes too, I think. I think. Um... Us as black people, like I, uh, I had a very healthy debate last night, okay. and um, we were talking about Killer Mike. Killer Mike talking about how he feels like all kids should go to public schools on top of that black public schools until they're in like fifth grade, and my whole debate was that I disagree with that, because okay. I feel like us as uh, people, we all should get unified, and we should all be yes. one, yes. and um, the person was like, nah, I think people, people shouldn't forget their black culture, which I also agree with. But I don't yeah, think it sure. takes going to this black school to get you to get you in tune with your black culture. I think everyone should know black culture. For sure, everyone should know white culture. For everyone sure. should know Mexican culture. Just everything, bro. And um, bro, people people just get away from that. They do. And
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna let's 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 go in a little deeper with this. Um. So let's i'm a I'm gonna break it down in different different aspects right now, so in Memphis is still a very segregated area, correct so I have like a lot of cousins and stuff that don't have any white friends or even interact with white people on a daily basis or even other races neighborhoods where it's only black people that live there only mm-hmm. black cops go there and stuff like that and versus me, I've always tried to keep an open, almost like a open communication with everybody because I like to learn about different cultures and see their level of thinking and how they were brought up and what makes them think the way that they think. Cause I don't think, ever, I don't think an entire race is racist. I don't think it all, like there's a lot of people who think all white people are racist. Yeah. There's a lot of people who think all Dominican people hate black people. That's not the case, but they experience it in the short burst that they experience it, that it makes them think all of them think that same way. And honestly, black people, because of the fact that we've been, you know, we've gone through so many hardships and stuff, and always been at the bottom of the totem pole with a lot of things, that we feel like everybody is racist against us. And don't get me wrong, I mean, there's some people It's just like, they just they ain't shit. They don't think shit of black people. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who are really on our side and try to elevate us and, like, man, you know, I respect you guys and stuff like that. And I like even doing Uber and Lyft and stuff. Yeah. I have some people I'm like, I really ain't feeling their vibe. I ain't feeling their energy. But there's some people that's just like, man, you know, you guys are amazing people. And they ain't saying it like that. Because even then, saying it like that, it almost sounds racist. Like, you black people are amazing. Because racism is
1: systematic. It is. It is. And Mm -hmm. it's like,
0: I understand. And I think us growing up in the military, we understand that a lot more than people who grew up in the same area that they've always lived in. Because if you've always grown up in an area where it was white against black, that's all you know. Whereas... You went to a school and everybody was like you the finest dude in the school.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that shit weird. Your
0: cousins ain't experienced that. Yeah, they like why is this black person at my school? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and that's what that that's their reality where your reality is like you almost cherished because of how you look, and I've experienced that too, and I've on the, I experienced it from both sides because. Growing up, I had a lot of people who criticized me for having different color eyes than than them and sounding proper or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you got
1: hazel eyes?
0: I don't know if they're hazel. I think they started off hazel and then it kind of turned into like a light brown color and they kind of stayed that way. Mm. But my sisters, all my sisters and my mom, they all have hazel eyes. And um, we caught a lot of flack growing up from black people. They're like, oh, you know, you ain't black or you missed or... You white. I even have people call me white. I have people call me white. My name is Stanley. I sound proper. <laughs> I got light eyes. But bro, but, bro, do you think you sound proper? Um, I think so. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't think about it. I just, you know.
1: I, but you I know, know what I call I it because people say that to me too. Yeah. Duh, you know what I think about it? Bro, we're educated black. Yeah, men. we're
0: educated. And that's fine. I'm. I'll never take that. as So a, we just this how we sound. This is me. Yeah. this is how you're supposed to that's sound. A compliment, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Like um, it's crazy. We just <laughs> we just was talking about this person, and they texted me the other day, and was like, you know, I was I, I was listening to your podcast, and um, uh, I forgot I forgot that you sound um, you sound you know, you sound white. Nah, you sound you sound real real intelligent. Like you sound real proper. Um, I'm not saying the right word. But they said that, and I was just like, you've known me all this time. I've been talking the same way the whole time. right?" And then they was like, well, you know, normally I'm listening to disagree. Now I'm just listening.
2: Mm. Hmm.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. And that's something, this was a woman. So that leads me to my next topic, dog. When it comes to relationships, you interacting with a woman, how do you find that common ground with a woman? And find out, like, hey, you know, we don't always have to disagree or have these disputes or have these arguments. We mm. can just come together and be one.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, So that almost kind of goes into when you first meet a woman, what are the things that you talk about with them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, with that being said, it can't just be the basic level of conversation like, "Oh, what you like to do on the weekend? What you like yeah. to, do? You to have fun?" You need to really get into the real interests of people. Like, you know, what are you doing in your free time? Like, what are you? What are the things you're interested in? Like, what are the things that spark? You know, that that keep you up at night, keep you thinking. What are the things that? um, that you want to know more about and stuff like that. Really get into the intimate part of somebody's level of thinking and brain. And when you do that, you really can get into their personality and they'll start to naturally open up about their history and stuff like that. And um, and then they can really learn about you. You know what I'm saying? And not just... Because honestly, man, when you first meet somebody, you... um. You almost kind of put on this persona. You want to impress them every. Yeah. First impression is a big thing.
1: Basic, basic human functions. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. I mean, even when you go into an interview, you you kind of put on a persona. Like it's not your natural self. You're like, I want to impress you. I want you to give me the job. I'm comfortable with myself,
1: and I do it every time. Yeah, yeah,
0: and (laughs) I mean, it's just bro. I have a pair of
1: shoes, like um. People that know me real closely, mm-hmm. they know I have a big closet full of dress clothes. And um, I have these shoes I call my favorite shoes. Okay. Every time I have a job interview, <laughs> you pull I them, put those pull shoes out. on. I got these blue slacks. Yeah. I love those blue slacks. Yeah. And um, I buy a new shirt every interview. Like, that's just my good luck shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that is, it, first impression is, a, is such a big thing. Yeah.
1: It just in everything. Because...
0: You let's 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 break it down to the most common of things. First impression, you go to a do- like a pet shop and you like I'm gonna buy a dog. Your first impression of the dogs, that's probably what's gonna be what makes you buy the dog. It ain't like you're gonna be like, All right, I'm gonna come back and then I'm gonna reevaluate all these dogs again and then I'm gonna come back and then see how this dog is three weeks. I'm gonna from see now. how he
1: yeah, I'm gonna see how he feels from you three know, weeks. The
0: first impression is what. all right, I like this dog, I'm buying this dog. You know what I'm saying? Or even a car. I mean, most people ain't going to the car dealership four or five times to look at different cars. They go to the car dealership. They see a the car they like. Hey, man, this car impressed me. I want this mm-hmm. car. I'm going to take this car with me today. Or even jobs. You know what I'm saying? You have some jobs that do second and third interviews. but Most jobs, they do one interview, and they're going to call the person they want. You know what I'm saying? And that's just... It's the same thing with you approaching somebody in the mall. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. these girls in the mall. Let me come back next week and see what girls in the mall are. And then I'll decide if who, are, who I want to go let get Let me they see number. what
1: outfit she got on tomorrow.
0: <laughs> let me see what they're <laughs> they wearing next week. And then I'll determine who I want to get the number from. No, you going to the mall the first time. And you getting the number of who you see the first time. That, that catches your eye. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So first impression is big. Yeah. And that's and it's just with everything in life, like everything in life. Cause you can even you can be at the damn basketball court playing ball with people. And this one dude sorry, you ain't picking them back up on your team. Hey man, let's go ahead and grab this. We're gonna grab somebody else, bro. This dude's trash. He ain't he can't even do no layup, he can't dunk, he can't cross over, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you might be fired, you just had a bad game, but you ain't thinking about that shit. You trying to pick up the best people. It's always first impression, man. Yeah. yeah. Even, oh
1: yeah. Because when you see the guy that walks into the gym, he got all the gear, got on, all him, the like, headband, oh, he trash. and it, yeah. <laughs> but you see homie that walk in, he ain't got nothing on but a white beater, yeah. some shorts, and He some goddamn. You might have did a couple some, of crossovers. Yeah, some yeah. Lebron sevens, and he just walk in like, and he ain't say like he dapping everybody up. He just like, yeah, and he, he just cool. sit to the side. He don't even ask who got next, and you be like, hey, bro, you trying to run? Yeah. And he get on the court, he dunking and shit.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's how it go, man. But that's just us as human beings, man. I mean, we have that short term, uh, that short term memory. We have long term memory, and we really react on a lot of stuff we do off short term memory. And that short term, I see what you've done just now that impressed me now. So I'm act off of what that is. I ain't really looking at the long term, and over time you might be trash but yeah. <laughs> right now you impress me so i'm going to take a chance
1: with you hey bro i ain't <laughs> i ain't trying to blitz you with questions but yeah, i got to ask you some questions based off of, it, like man. the story you said okay. um one of the biggest ones is dog so now you said you've been celibate for uh 2 years 2 years yep do you think you can hold out till sex i mean yeah. ugh, hold out till marriage yeah absolutely easily too easily i mean shit i I didn't think
0: I could do two years. Like I said, I since fifteen I haven't been able to do it since for six but months. But bro,
1: what if you get married and you find out that's it's like trash? Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that I read an article about it last night.
0: <laughs> I thought about that a lot. Bro,
1: I read an article last night about a man that sued his wife because <laughs> uh know. she was ugly.
0: <laughs> that's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, it is crazy. I think about that. Um, I don't know if I would wanna do that. If you ask me if I would wanna do that, nah. I'll, I don't even think it would get to that point because anybody that I plan on marry, marrying, we're going to have a level of intimacy that's going to be, like, unmatched before I make that decision. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it will ever be a situation where me and that person never had
1: sex before we got married. So, bro, um, <laughs> how important is sex in relationships? Sex
0: is not as important as sexual chemistry. And there is a difference. Explain it. All right. So you could just You ever had those those uh women that you just fucked? And you just you went home and went shit numerous times. More sleep. You just went to sleep, woke up the next morning. More than I shit. would like. <laughs> and then you had that person that was like that kind of really knew what you liked and did the stuff that you really liked, you know, made you feel good, really try to do the stuff that made you feel good, try to cater to your needs and stuff during sex and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. In and out of sex, not even just during sex. Like just touching on you a certain way or kissing on you a certain way. That's what I mean. So sexual chemistry versus just sex, those are two different things. And when you really got to have that sexual chemistry if you want to make something last. So if you so my again to go back into what we were saying about the marriage part whoever the next person that i propose to or try to marry it has to be like some really strong sexual chemistry because i don't want i don't want it to be dead on arrival we get married and then it's like we just don't going through the motions like Mm -hmm. we really like like it like there's a strong level of intimacy and it only gets stronger after we get married, you know what I'm saying?' we even that closer and learning that much more about it more about each other,
1: yeah, so where would you put sex on a list of things that you look for when you're looking for someone that you're trying to be with? um sex probably be
0: three, so first, I'm gonna say support, support is definitely number one because if you don't support your partner or whoever you with that shit is going to be it's going to die fast Mm -hmm. like for instance you doing you part you doing your podcasting if you meet somebody that you you like and you you know consider pursuing a relationship with but they don't support you doing podcasting because they in their mind they don't feel like that's the level of success they want you to attain They're never going to support it, and they're never going to be open-minded to whatever you're doing, and it's always going to just be a hobby for you and not something that you're really passionate about. And any time that you do it, they're going to feel a way about it, a negative way about it, and it's going to put a strain on your relationship any time that you do it. So support is number one. Communication is number two. You have to keep communication open. You have to talk about how you feel about stuff. You can't be passive-aggressive. If something bothers you, you have to say what bothers you. If something makes you feel good or makes you excited, you have to tell them, hey, I like that you did that. I like that you said that. I like that we did this together. Let's do this again. Keep that open um, line of communication because at the end of the day, this is your partner. This is somebody that you're spending a lot of time with. So they should know the things that make you extremely happy or make you extremely comfortable or whatever. And then sex uh, is a big part because sex allows you to connect on... Sex, honestly, is it's so many different things that go into sex. Emotions, you really can connect spiritually during sex and then physically, obviously. I mean, that's probably like the number one thing, physical. Um, but you can develop a bond during sex and really learn what really gets that other person. So that person can have a terrible day at work and then you know what they really like during sex and you just do those things and it almost makes them forget all that negative shit that happened throughout the day and they feel just revitalized and just amazing going to sleep at night and when they wake up the next morning like, Oh, you know what? Maybe that situation at work wasn't so bad.
2: You yeah. Know what
0: I'm I
1: can reapproach that.
0: Yeah, I can reapproach, you know, I can approach that differently. And so that's why I rank it. Um just support,
1: communication, sex. Yeah, that was some good ones, dog. <laughs> I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you. That was some real good ones. Um I think I think expectations in relationships is the most important thing, though. For sure. Yeah. Well, a
0: lot of people, and this kind of go back to the communication level. You can't really set expectations without having proper communication. And that's even with doing anything, like at work. How am I going to set expectations for my staff members without communicating it to them? So when it comes to review, I'm going to judge you on something I never communicated that you should be doing. Oh, you didn't do this, so I'm dinging you for this on your
1: review. But you never told me you wanted me to do that. Bro, let me paint you a scenario, though. Okay. You just met a woman that you're real attracted to. Y'all getting good vibes. Um, I got a couple questions. Yeah. This is the first question. Okay. Where do you take her on the first date?
0: <laughs>
1: um, Now? Y'all getting a real good vibe. Okay. You're very attracted to her. Okay. She seems like someone you would want to be with. I
0: always feel like key to a woman's heart is my stomach. <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to a restaurant, bruh. Yeah, we going to a restaurant. I'm gonna learn about what's her favorite food and like the type of food she like to eat, and we go into that restaurant. And I'm gonna treat her to it. I'm gonna pay for both our meals, all that stuff, and you can order whatever you want. I'm glad you year.
1: said that. That's my second question. Okay, so, my second question is, um, so you take her to this restaurant, okay, and she grabs the bill and she asks you if you want to go half.
0: So, I've gotten to a point that I'm so comfortable in my skin that I don't feel like if she paid for the bill, I would feel like less of a man. So, if that's what she wanted to do, then that's fine. But I'm, it's going to be, at first, I'm like, nah, I got it. And then we'll. I kind of just gauge the situation. She's really passionate about paying this bill. I'll let her pay it. And then I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to let you pay this, but next time I got me. I'm paying for both of us next time. And it's, again, come back to communication. Just talk about it. That's fine.
1: All right. So first date, what can she do to turn you off and be like, oh, nah. Hell nah. Um, I don't like when people talk too much about themselves.
0: So if she's big on just... I got this going on, and I'm doing this, and all these dudes want me, and all this. I don't really, I don't really want to hear about it. I don't, I don't care about. It. That doesn't impress me. I don't care that many dudes want you, man. I look on the internet; these dudes holler at anything they got titties and ass.
1: Ain't it? You can post, you can post, <laughs> that shit don't mean you can shit post to your me, church man. picture. It get twenty likes. You can post, goddamn, you at Kod in the phone, and it gets a thousand likes. That means
0: nothing to me. It means it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and maybe they just come with AIDS, but it means nothing to me. Bro, so... so you bragging about that. That just show what your level is. How important
1: of. is looks to you? I
0: mean, looks is a big thing. You definitely
1: want to be... Because uh, that's your first impression.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's first impression. And that goes back to what we were saying about first impression earlier. I mean, you definitely want to be physically attracted to the person that... that you but are. I mean, how important,
2: though? Um...
0: I mean, they ain't got to look like no fucking star, like, like no famous... Person, all that shit fake anyway. Yeah, so, <laughs> like if all right, you want you want. Let me t- to get to answer that question. Let's dig deep to my interest. The first thing I notice about a woman, her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I look when I talk to people, I look in them in the eyes, and that's males or females. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to a woman and I look at them in the eyes, if them looking at me makes me feel a way that attracts me. So, I look at somebody in the eyes. Like, I look at a, if I look at a woman in the eyes and I'm talking to them, that's the first thing I get attracted to. And then I kind of just start to move outwards. Just I look at the face and then just move to the body and stuff. And sometimes you might notice the body first because you might be walking somewhere and you see the ass first or you see the titties first or something like that. <laughs> Natural man instinct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we men. So, yeah. I mean... Don't, don't, don't be ashamed to, you know, realize your, your natural instincts as a man, you know what I'm saying?
1: But Also, animal ambitions. That too. Animal instincts. And, and that's,
0: fu- and that's completely fine. Like, I, I know a lot of times this culture tries to make you feel bad for feeling that way. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, you ain't got to make it seem like you
1: need to act on it. I ain't trying to get you off topic, bro. Yeah, no, let's go. But, um. Let's go. How you feel about everyone talking about this toxic masculinity? There
0: is some truth to it, and then there's some stuff that's exaggerated. Um, so, again, kind of going back to what I was saying, if men compliment a woman on her ass in cities, that is natural instinct, and you shouldn't necessarily feel bad about it. Now, I will say there's a line that's drawn there, just because you're attracted to that doesn't mean you need to act on it. So that don't mean that you just go up to everybody that you see that has nice ass and titties and you think you're just supposed to approach them and, yeah, let me get your number and shit like that. That can be toxic masculinity because you ain't even try to figure out if this woman was single, if she was interested in talking to you. Um, Those kind of different things, you still need to... Respect this person as a human being. They're not just asking city. So, when you go up to them, hey, you know, say, what's your name? You know, um, I think you you're beautiful, or you look good. You know, whatever you say, and um, I wouldn't mind like hanging out sometime. You know, would you mind hanging out some? You know, whatever you know, whatever you say or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Those are things that just natural human being things that you can do. That's 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 not toxic. Now you just go up to somebody got and you just ask them for their number and then they're like, I got a man, what they got to do with me and all that kind of shit. That's toxic masculinity. You know what I'm saying? It is. I mean, just being real about it. And I ain't going to say I've never done it before, but I'm just saying it is. Bro, I have a whole
1: different understanding of our our view of that. Okay. Like, I think somebody that do shit like that, they just a fucking asshole. They are. But it is toxic, toxic, though. See, to me, it has nothing to do with their masculinity, though. Like, masculinity, to me personally, I don't think it's toxic. Like, have you seen that Gillette commercial? Uh, Where, like, all the men on a barbecue grill and the kids (laughs) beating up the other kid?
0: I don't know if I've seen that particular one.
1: Yeah, but to me... Okay, What? It, well, let me paint you the picture. It's okay. a Gillette commercial. You know, the Razor. Yeah, yeah. Has nothing to do with the Razor. But <laughs> it's, it's a lot of dads lined up on this barbecue grill. Okay. And these two kids are fighting and all the dads are saying in a row... It's a lot of dads, too. They're all saying in a row, like, boys will be boys, boys will be boys, boys will be boys. All right, so to me, that's not tax on masculinity. They just assholes. It's like, okay, y'all can stop this, but y'all being some assholes. Uh, Growing up though, I'ma be honest, we grew up a lot rougher than kids nowadays. I remember getting into a mean ass fight with this kid. His name was JD, I don't even know why I remember that. Mm -hmm. But his name was JD, he was an eighth grader, I was a sixth grader, he was twice my size. I got into this mean ass fight with him, I beat him bad. I started walking in the house. He busted my lip real yeah. bad. I started walking in the house and my brother's dad was like, hey, boy, you did good, boy. And I felt so good. You know what I'm saying? So is that toxic masculinity? Mm. That's why I think toxic masculinity yeah, you is a getting myth.
0: deep now. All right, I like this. Um, all right, so let's, let's circle back around real quick. Boys will be boys.
1: That... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you dive into it. Okay. On the other end, though, I also feel like us as men also, like, we'll take a kid and be like, oh, boy, you a punk, boy. You ain't trying to go outside and play this basketball. But really, this kid really wants to do video editing. He wants to be a videographer. That
0: is toxic masculinity. Yeah. so sure. On that
1: side, I agree. For which sure. is why I'm never super left wing or super right wing because- for some reason I'm always in the middle. Every ideal I have on situations is always in the middle.
0: But I'm a, the reason why I say I can understand it from both sides. So yes, what what you just said was correct. But it's also correct just because that one boy who is doing that and you you saying those things like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That can be toxic masculinity because now they will look at the same boy that you just said that about. They'll look at them as less than or like they not doing what they supposed to be as a man or as a boy, you know, boys to be men, you know, whatever the case, whatever they say, whatever. This boy wants to stay in the house and he want to do video editing or whatever instead of being outside, getting roughed up, playing tackle football and stuff. You're teaching them that this is what a man is. And if a man is doing anything more, less than that, then he's not a man. That is toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. for sure. So what you in shaping them at that age, that's all they know. And then when they grow up, then that's all they know. So when they're not around jocks, anybody else that's not jocks, they're like, "Oh, you a punk or you a bitch ass nigga?" You know all this stuff. That is toxic masculinity, and then eventually it. Turns into getting worse and worse behavior depending on the guy if the guy depend you know decides on his own to go out and to learn more about different things that people are doing, and like, oh, he ain't played football with us, but that'll make him less of a man, you know so yeah he just got different interests, or you have some guys is like man you you went outside, bro. you ain't you ain't shit. <laughs> You went outside in 1992. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. And I was, I mean, I was outside. Like, I mean, I was definitely out there getting my fucking knees blown out and shit, playing football and all this shit, fighting, Bro, when all I this
1: say When I stayed in Germany, we played tackle football in the, in the ice. Yeah. yeah. That is
0: stupid. It is stupid. But we thinking boys would be boys. Tough. Be tough. Boys supposed to be tough. We supposed to put ourselves in these crazy situations. I remember the first time I played football, I got slammed up against a fucking gate, scraped all my shit up. Like, I had blood dripping all down my fucking yeah. leg. Don't cry. That's toxic masculinity. To tell a boy, don't cry. So, I'm feeling pain. I done scraped up my entire fucking leg, and you telling me, don't cry because I'm a boy. That's toxic masculinity, bro. Like, no, I'm in pain. That's if why, I feel like crying, I,
1: need, I should cry. Like... That's why, I'm, that's why I'm on both sides of it because me personally, I feel like masculinity can't be toxic. But on the other side, I do feel like those things that you're saying is definitely toxic. For sure. But as far as like us, us teaching boys de- how to become a man yeah. cannot be toxic.
0: Now, there's a difference between teaching boys to become a man and teaching boys of
1: this super... Teaching boys to become an asshole. Yeah, basically. Because that's my view on it. Teaching a boy to become an asshole. You
0: telling a boy not to cry is toxic, mm-hmm. because if that boy lost his mother, he not supposed to cry. If he lost his brother, his brother I mean, got I shot in front of him. Agree with he you. ain't supposed to cry. But there's a lot of dads and even moms and cousins and older brothers that teach their younger brothers, sons, and all this stuff that no, you don't cry. You a punk if you cry. You soft if you cry. Bro, you just lost your whole brother. He got shot in
1: front of you. What do you yeah. mean? You're you not
0: supposed to have emotions? Yeah. And then you become this person that's emotionless and you never realize why you are and emotionless. Bro, that's why
1: like I connect with 21 Savage so much, dog. And not even because of what's going on yeah. right now. But just because like the man who he is and the way he thinks of things and he talks about it like, hey man, I seen my best friend get gunned down in front of me while I'm shot and I'm trying to figure out why the fuck I ain't dead and he dead. That's
0: trauma. That's why I love this meek meal album so much. Meekmail meek touched on some shit this trauma. album.
1: I was like, this is the best nah, meat male album I've You know ever what, heard dog, you know what got me real good about that? Yeah. Um when he came out, when he came out with his uh his video trauma. And he had his son in it, bruh. Like, it's crazy. Before we recorded this, I played you a recording and I told you my vision of the recording. It was funny, of course. But like I seen the vision he had for that video. I know he, I know he picked that vision. Mm-hmm. He picked that vision and it was his song, of course. He read yeah. the song, everything. It's just like, bruh, it's so, it's so amazing to see someone just put their whole life into an art. This is what I'm doing right here, like I want, I want, I want art to come to life. Yeah,
0: and that's you're it. doing that? I mean, I feel like this whole episode. I don't even know how long we've been recording. It. I don't even care. I'm, I can still, <laughs> I can still go another hour or two. I can still yeah. go three hours.
1: I think we had like three now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I think so too. I think we started yeah, around we like twelve. Three. But it's cool because I mean, we talking about some good stuff, and I think people will appreciate that and they can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it might be stuff that people never considered or thought about and sometimes this is how it goes that's why you need people in life that's why you need to meet people and interact with people because they'll have different perspectives from you and it will give you a different perspective and you'll be that much more knowledgeable about different situations that's
1: always important like bro Stan I got a lot of good shit to say about you but like one of the best things I gotta say about you, you do not mind being vulnerable. You don't mind no. expressing who you are Absolutely. and how you feel about things, and that's what people need to hear. Like this is why I wanted to do this episode with you because I want women to see like your point of view from a relationship right. and how men really think because they always think like a man just don't give a fuck. He just want to rap and he want to hoop type shit. Yeah, and like you don't you don't think like that whatsoever.
2: No.
1: <clears throat> this is your thing where you feel like um. Hey, um, I've been through this, and this happened, and this is what I did wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So this is real informative. I can appreciate
0: that. I mean, I'll be interested in seeing what the fans say about this episode, for sure, um, and even any feedback that they give source it, because I'm always willing to learn. I've always been... One thing I've always said about myself is that I'm a sponge. Like, any person or thing that I'm around... I absorb information from them and I try to absorb the best things of it. Sometimes I might absorb some of the negative parts, but that's fine too. Um, but I always try to absorb the best things and try to make that make me a better person. And that's more knowledge. Anything that's more knowledge is good for me. Mm-hmm. So even if it's good knowledge, bad knowledge, whatever the case it's more knowledge It's more than I knew the day before. So I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. And I can appreciate that, bro. Cause it's, It's rare that you find somebody that's just gonna like put all their cards on the table. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, I'm a gambler dog, (laughs) so I ain't showing my cards for nothing. But when it comes to my personal life, I don't mind people getting involved. Yeah, it doesn't mean like it's okay with me. Like I don't mind you like, but also I built that up because exactly, yeah, it's one of them things where it's like. I've, I've come into this person. I'll be lying if I said when I was younger, I didn't want people to think I was just tough-ass guy. Yeah. Like, I didn't care about nothing. Like, it is what it is type guy. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're younger, you definitely big on um what people think of you and your mm-hmm. appearance to, to the world. And I was big on that, too. So, like I said, a lot of the stuff I did, it was almost as a way to impress the world mm-hmm. and impress those around me. Where how you now feel I don't feel no, I don't feel that way anymore. I move how I want to move. And if I impress you, I impress you. And if I don't, oh well, it don't matter. It it, yeah. it wasn't gonna impress you anyway.
1: But, but you but dog, you know what tripped me out about now though? Is like now that I'm completely off that when I talk to people, they still view me that same way when I was trying to show them like, hey, nice. I'm tough. Right. And like, they, they look at me like, you're scary. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not even trying to show you that. Like, bro, I go out my way to tell people like, hey, I feel this way. I feel that way. And this is super deep to me. I feel like I'm laying on my cards on the table. I'm making myself vulnerable. All this. I mean, I'm not crying, but I mean, I wish I was a fake person. Not wish, but if I was a fake person and and I was crying and I laid it all out there on the table and you'll get it even more. But I'm not a crier, so it's like I lay all that on the table. You see this, you see that, and it's just like, so did you see how deep I was? You see, you see how I feel now, and they're just looking like that wasn't deep. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna
0: keep it a thousand with you, bro. A confident, a confident man. You've reached like God levels doing that, like being that. Yeah. There's a lot of men that's not confident. They portray an image of being confident. They try to mimic what they think is confidence. But to be truly confident and self-aware and know yourself, Mm -hmm. that is, you're like the next level to God. Like (laughs) You're like a God-like being. And people will respect you and look up to you for that. And when you come around other people that's like that, so me and you doing this together people are going to look in this camera lens and they're going to be like, oh shit, I've never seen nothing like this before. Like, this is amazing to me. This is, how are two men able to talk about these topics that they're talking about so freely and just so comfortable, like, they're comfortable. They're yeah. a natural element because it's not like that. Most these guys, even guys are, when they're around other guys, they're trying to size themselves up against other guys. And, yeah. Oh, I got to put on this persona. I don't want him to think this of me and stuff like that. We ain't, at not one point, I can tell you, I ain't no psychic, but I can tell you that not at one point in this interview or this podcast that we ever thought about that of each other. We Hell just, nah. We just showed what we were, and that was it.
1: Only when you start saying that, I started thinking of this. I was like... You saying that right there, it makes me think, like, we're both 200 plus, so if two grown ass men try to attack us, they don't stand a chance. <laughs> At all. I, I didn't, At all. I didn't think not one time, like, <laughs> Slim against Stan. <laughs> no. No. In the red trunks. <laughs> like, not once, bro. Because that type shit don't matter to me, bro. It don't matter. Oh. Like, I'm well past that, bro. And which, dog, that's what tripped me out, like... People that are still on that type thing. It's yes. just like, bro, why are you there? No. I'm, I mean I'm 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 so far from being there.
0: Because they haven't found that self confidence. We we have a self confidence about ourselves that a lot of men there's men that's in their forties that haven't found that yet. hmm They haven't. Their confidence is based around their level of success for where they work at, who they with, how much money they got in their account, what kind of car they drive, what kind of clothes they wear we in fucking sweats and
1: hoodies yeah
0: confidence could be looking like we in our fucking natural yeah. element and right I and feel anything.
1: good cause I'm in my I'm in my sweatshirt <laughs> natural natural I feel good as hell about this sit down with Slims. facts hey if you want a hoodie you can just DM me you know what I'm saying everything is good
0: that's a fact bro
1: yeah
0: and it's a beautiful thing like that self confidence is something you can't be taught you have to develop that. You have to go into life and experience life and develop that. You have to attain that level of just knowing yourself. And people don't take enough time to do that because it's, they spend so much time trying to impress everybody Self-reflection.
1: Else. How do you feel about self-reflection?
0: I'm big on self-reflection, bro. That's why I did all of 2018.
1: Yeah. All of 2018
0: was self-reflection, bro.
1: I already know I could tell by that whole little story you was telling. I was like, bro, you self-reflected the whole time. If you
0: asked me all of these questions a year ago, today, it would be a completely different answer, bro. Because I had to take the time to think about what did you do to affect these situations? What did you do to make these situations take place the way they took? It ain't always just on the other person. It's so easy to do that. Just say... This happened because this person did this. This happened because this person wasn't invested enough or whatever. But what about you? Nobody mm. want to ever talk about what they did. Nobody exactly. ever talk about what they did. Because then you're forced to face yourself. Bro, and don't you hate when you talk leaders.
1: to females and they always talking about like, you don't remember when you did this. You don't remember you did that. It's like, bro, you don't remember when you keyed my car?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want,
0: I'm going to tell you something else, man. And, um... This might blow some people away. Recently, um, I reached out to Vero and the ex that I had before her. Mm-hmm. And I apologized for... I literally went through and said all of these things that I did wrong in a relationship and my toxic behaviors and stuff that caused our relationship to fail. And they both were like kind of almost in shock. Like no, you're like the perfect guy. No, I'm not. I'm telling you I'm not. And I'm telling you what I did wrong. And I'm asking for your forgiveness for me doing those things wrong. And even with my family members, I tell them the same thing. They're like, no, you're the perfect guy. You're faithful. Again, it goes back to those standards and stuff. And I'm like, no, I've done a lot of self-reflecting and self-analyzing over the years, uh, years the past two years. And I'm telling you, this is what I realized about myself that I've done wrong, and I'm apologizing to you for it because you were a part of that growth and that struggle, and I'm apologizing for my part that I that I took in bringing you into that struggle. I'm not I anything that you've done that's for you to deal with. That we're not together no more, so. I'm not here to criticize or crucify you for any of the things that you did that I feel like you did wrong. That's for you to deal with. Those are your demons to deal with. But this is the stuff that I realized about myself that was not what I wanted and what I would want in myself as a man. So I'm apologizing to you for it. These are the things that I didn't like about myself that I exhibited in our relationships and I apologize to you for it. And they were just blown away. They could not grasp the idea of, no, you're like the perfect guy. No, I'm not. I'm not. Even my sisters, I tell Bro, them all the time. You know They're what's like, crazy dog? I'm not. No, I'm not. Bro, you
1: know what's crazy? Women grow up watching uh, Cinderella, uh, Snow White, uh, Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. And they always have this picture in their head of this perfect man. Yeah. And when they finally get a good ass man, they don't even know how to how to accept it because they've been through so much shit. Almost every, they don't every woman even know I've been with told me the same thing. It. Yeah. Almost. Because, bro, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you, bro. Bro, you're probably one of the best people I've met when it come to men, especially with dealing with women. Mm. When it when it, when it comes to dealing with women, you're number one. Period. When it comes to being being a man, you're in a group that I can't rake. But dealing with women, you're number one, period. Because the rest of us, like, we're just so flawed. We so fucked up. But when it come to you, dog, you're like, <laughs> you're so perfect when it, it just, it's just like, But I'm dog. not.
0: And that's what I try to tell people. I'm, I'm like, telling I'm you my not, point of view. This, this is my you. point of view. And that's how they feel too. But I'm like, no, it's not. You, you, I want you to think higher. I want you to think higher of people. And I want you to realize that there is a level above me. I'm not perfect i'm Mm -hmm. not close to perfect and i'm i ain't even trying to be perfect i'm just trying to be better than i was yesterday and when it comes to like the women that i've dealt with i tell them the same thing i want you to be better as women for the next guys that you're with because i want you to realize that i wasn't perfect and that no matter how many people probably come in here, you know, talking to you and telling you how bad of a person you are for leaving me because I was a faithful, hardworking man. No, no, that's not true. I have my own problems too. And you stuck through those problems and I respect you for doing what you did. And I learned a lot from you and you learned a lot from me. Let's go out into the world and both be better people. I'm not the best person you will ever meet, you're going to meet somebody better than me. I always tell them that too. So I give them that level of confidence. You're going to meet somebody that's better than me. You're going to meet somebody... And, and they might have their own flaws, but they're better than the version of Stan that you were with. Mm-hmm. And I'm better than the version of Stan that you were with. If you met me again, I'm better than the version of Stan that you was with. But I don't want you to ever think that that was the cap and then anything, less, anything other than that, you're just trying to get close to what that was no, try to get somebody somebody better. Find somebody better than me. There's people better than me out there in the world, and that's cool.
1: Yeah, bro. Um, I ain't going to lie. I say this every time I do a podcast. I said it last weekend. I'm saying it today. This is my best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. Because every weekend, I feel like it needs to be my best podcast. But, um, yeah. Only because time restraints. So I can sit here and talk to you all day. Right. We can talk till tomorrow if you want to. <laughs> we could. <laughs> but this is another episode of Sit Down with Slims. Featuring Stan the Man. You mind if I call you Stan the Man? Stan the Man. I'm here, <laughs> baby. It's busy. And we out. We out.